What's up, everybody? Revival House, BTM guys back. Zach, myself, Aaron. And uh, for the first time in a very long time, we got Mr. Josh James. Hey, guys. What's going on? Thanks for having me back. Been a little while. Yeah, man. We got the fucking Joshua Tree. We're going <laughs> to... We're going to do um, not the best Batman movie today, but it's the best Batman movie. It's a Batman movie regardless. And it's one that has been requested quite a lot. So we're finally getting to it. Um, I, my, I've made my opinions vocal about this movie a lot over the years. So, um, but we'll retread some of that. Josh was actually on Batman Returns a couple few years back. And that was that, that, that is my favorite Batman movie, actually. So it's going to be a little different, but I know a lot about this one too. Actually, uh, I kind of like this movie a little bit. Well, I, I don't absolutely fucking hate it. Um, so we'll get into it. Uh, we're going to go ahead. We're, I guess Zach is particular about this. We're going to go and play straight from the Warner Brothers logo. As soon as that bitch fades in. As soon as the Warner Brothers logo came solid, we paused it. All right. So with that known, three, two, one, play. And obviously, uh, I didn't get the memo that we abandoned the idea that this was going to be an all SMR commentary. Because that's why I was doing that. Oh, look, it changed it to the bat side. How'd they do that? How'd they do that? <laughs> Fucking, uh, it, did it do that for you too? Or is it just the acid I'm on right now? I don't know. But hey, Josh, what is your opinion on this movie? Because we were talking about Batman Returns when we had you on with that one. And uh, we had a lot to talk about there. Very informative. This movie's... <laughs> I don't know. Batman Returns is pretty polarizing too, I think. But what's your experience with this one? When did you see it? What were your impressions going into it? Uh, I think I saw this movie in the movie theater with my dad back in the 90s. I thought it was fine. You know, at the time I enjoyed it. But uh, it's definitely a different vibe from when you go from Tim Burton to Joel Schumacher. And, you know, he did this one and he did Batman um, and Robin. Batman and Robin. Yeah, Batman and Robin. But. Um, this one is a little bit more subdued than that one, and that's really saying something. But I really like, um, I think uh, Val Kilmer makes a great Bruce Wayne. I enjoy his performance. I think he personifies Bruce Wayne and, he, and like a sort of jovial playboy. Pulls that off well. Um, Nicole Kidman, fine in this. Jim Carrey gives a good performance as a Riddler. I, I mean, I like it all right. It just it, it becomes a little bit more bubblegum at this point. It's not over the top like the next movie. So I like it, uh, but I haven't watched in a really long time. So I could have an outdated opinion about it. But yeah, it's just me. Well, that's kind of a general consensus. I've heard a lot is people like him as, as uh, Bruce Wayne, right? Like he's the Wait, we got to hear the first line he gives as Batman in the movie. It's the greatest. I'll get drive through. Amazing. You think there is product placement? Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Well, they, they had a, a deal worked out with McDonald's, and they even had commercials that kind of went with that clip, right? 
Exactly. McDonald's got to cast the fucking movie because they were like, oh, we don't like how dark you made the last movie. Uh, we're not going to fucking work with you again unless you uh, don't make it. Don't hire that motherfucker that did the first two movies. Uh, hire a different director. And they, they fucking bent over, took the cock right up. Yeah, they let a fucking big fast food chain cast the movie for them. It's so amazing. I love it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> this movie uh, it ha- it has things going for it, but I think I still think it's got more bad than good. Unlike the next one. Now, what's funny about Tommy Lee Jones? I mean, it, it, you've heard about in the last few years or whatever, where Jim Carrey's talking about his opinions of him, like right? He said he he didn't like me very much because he he said he came up to me. Uh, I don't know if it was a craft table or if it was at a restaurant, like Offset or whatever. Oh yeah, I heard that story. And he told him he's like, I will not tolerate your buffoonery. But yet he acts like the biggest fucking Jim Carrey in this movie. Like he's so over the top. He's so ridiculous. Everything Tommy Lee Jones says in this, he's a total buffoon in this flick. Uh, he's probably trying to measure up to the energy that Jim Carrey brought to the movie. You know, I mean, which. Which is interesting because, I don't know, don't you think they should clash? Or sorry, yeah, shouldn't they clash a little bit and have a little contrast? But I think they're they're too alike. They're too silly. And I don't think the double-sided personality is represented enough. Because he's just full-on batshit crazy. He's never serious. Well, back in this time, dude, they were just layering on villains left and right to up the ante on every, you know, sequel that came out after the first one, so... I don't think they really put a lot of thought into it. They're like, let's have two zany, you know, villains in this movie. Let's have three, you know. I like fucking Tommy Lee Jones in this movie. I think he's fine. He's got the lips of a dog. You think he's got a red rocket, too? He's got those black lips like a dog has. By the way, fun fact, that uh, makeup job took four hours to complete. It took him four hours to complete what basically looks like them just throwing the fucking, you know, strawberry pie on the side of his face. No, a strawberry pie would look a little more legit and messier, man. I, I hate how perfect his burn is. It doesn't even look like burnt scar tissue. No, it looks like makeup, right? Yeah. How did that fire turn into half of his hair uh, purple, too? I don't get that. No, it wasn't a fire. You don't even remember the movie. They show the expositional scene, right? He's in court, and uh, he gets acid thrown in his face. <laughs> like, he's holding a document, right? And the acid goes in front of his face, and the document protects the other half of his face. So it's like a split line. But it's it's just still ridiculous. You'd think acid would burn through. No, I guess if it's not a certain type of acid. But anyway, it's still dumb. Nicole fucking Kidman. Back in the day, me and my cousin Matt, we used to fucking watch this movie be like, man, I want to fucking nail that chick. I want to fuck her so bad. We were like eight years old talking about fucking this chick. It was amazing. We were kissing the fucking the VHS box and licking it, tonguing it and shit. I can't help but think of that scene of her and Billy Zane and Dead Calm. Oh, yeah. If you know what I'm talking about. Never seen it. I don't. <clears throat> what, oh, you got to see. It's great. It's uh, kind of a horror movie. It takes place on a boat. It's... It's an interesting thing. Billy Zane plays this char- crazy character. Actually, when I met Billy Zane a couple of years back, the same show where I met uh, Polly Shore got that that recording for you guys. Fucking amazing. That signed picture I got. Yeah, I told Billy Zane, I said, my favorite movie of yours is Dead Calm. He was like surprised. He was like, really? I was like, yeah. Fucking great movie, man. Amazing film. Yeah. Fucking uh, full circle. I'm wearing a Critters shirt right now. Billy, Billy Zane was in Critters. Fucking Illuminati exposed. Mm. We are the keepers. We know. So apparently, Joel Schumacher, his whole 
vibe with this flick was to recapture the 60s Batman show and bring it to the live screen, right? or sorry, the big screen. That was what he was going for. Um, I think he maybe kind of succeeded. No. And went too far with the fourth one. Uh, those movies are too fucking silly. No, I mean, show. dude. Uh, just be with the campy vibe, essentially. Mm-hmm. Well, no, but no, he's on record as saying, I was trying to tap into the 60s show. I want to, like, mesh modern-day blockbuster Batman with what the 60s show did. And so I think he married those two well. Right, and, and the 60s show with Adam West was all camp, though. It was just totally tongue-in-cheek ridiculous. I think he, yeah, I think he failed at failing, basically. He tried to fail and fucking, he failed at that. Yeah, but this, this movie is campy. What, what about this movie isn't? It's amazing. It's a very, it's a very serious. Quick or tweet. It's a very serious film. Or like we're gonna see the scene here soon when uh, Two Face is getting away and he's in the chopper and Batman's like on top of the the chopper and his dry his flyer is going. Hey Face! Uh! Everything yeah, about it's fucking yeah. stupid and campy and over the top. And then remember they have that nod at the end movie too. Holy rusted metal, Batman, huh? You know, it's full of holes. You know, holy? Oh. Oh, yeah. Amazing. There's a lot of fucking dumb shit in this movie. That's amazing. Quit fucking, uh, quit front. Nothing in this movie is as bad as that one line in fucking Batman um, and Robin, though. The, my lips are immune to your charms line. Oh, that's, that's sex. That's pure sex. Yeah. Is it any more fucking cringy than, uh, fucking Christy Bell going, where are those drugs going? <laughs> See, I don't. I think the movies themselves of the Nolan ones they they carry the weight because I don't think Bale's that great of a Batman or Bruce Wayne. He's uh, fine. I mean, if the movie's good enough, anybody can be carried in that role. I think, and especially when you have, especially the second movie where it's not really Batman's movie and he kind of plays second fiddle to everything else that's going on. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of people could have been in that role and been fine. It would have been passable. So then what? You're a Keaton guy or a Affleck guy? I'm a Keaton guy. Yeah. But I, I'm not a comic nerd either. Like I don't I don't get butthurt about like, oh it does it, you know, he doesn't really represent the character. I don't really give a shit about that. That's why I like fucking Batman Returns the best. I mean, if I was a comic elitist, I think I would hate Batman Returns, maybe. Uh, Batman and Robin or Bust. Best movie in the series. But I grew up with it's pure nostalgia i grew up with michael keaton so he's my batman see i got the most nostalgia for this movie probably see i was too young to watch returns in the theater when it was coming out see look by the way why did fucking uh harvey dent two-face he 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 goes through the elaborate scheme of, of you know coming up with this booby trap but then puts in a guy that has a fucking hearing aid like so that you know batman could easily get out of it and then he's fucking surprised when he gets out of it Fucking beta boy. But yeah, I was the I was the most, you know, nostalgic for this one because uh, uh, part two, like I, I was around and I, I remember the hype for part two, but I hadn't seen the first one and I wasn't somebody that just like, oh, it's hype. So I got to like it, too. I, I didn't care. So like when I finally did watch the first one and I liked it. Yeah. Like uh, and then I watched the second one. I, like I could never get into the second one as a kid. Like I'd always just lose interest. Well, how? Then what when, year were you born, Zach? What year were you born? Eighty-nine. So you were three when Batman Returns came out. How do you remember the hype? I doubt you really remember the hype. You were I probably do. two. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm. I remember the hype. I'm not going to tell you what you do and don't remember, but three is a little young, man. 
my earliest memory is fucking waking my mom up because I had to take a piss. And she goes, just do it in your diaper. And so I stood there and pissed in my diaper. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> People also remember things incorrectly. My brother used to no, tell me. I got a, I got a fucking big uh, 500 IQ uh, five head, so you could just suck my dick. I don't know. but Dude, I, the hype. I was so into this movie when it came out that my mom actually bought me the adaption, the novel, and I read it. And, uh, yeah, I mean... You fucking read. No, you know, actually, I no, now that I think about it, it's actually Batman Returns, not this movie. My bad. Yeah. But I was, no, but we were talking, you were talking about the hype of Batman Returns, and it was, it was palpable, man, because it was a huge sequel to a gigantic blockbuster. Um, and, you know, it was all over, like you said, McDonald's, and toys were everywhere, and, you know, the, the excitement of the original movie hadn't worn off yet, so... Yeah, it was a big deal, man. And Michelle Pfeiffer looked fucking amazing in that movie. Yeah, she still does. Aesthetically, she was originally it's... going to return as Catwoman in this movie. Yeah, but you know what? There was a Michael Keaton was originally attached too. I mean, I think this project went through so many changes. I got some trivia if you want me to read it. Yeah, we'll have to yeah lay into it. But I want to say though, I'm pretty sure when Michelle Pfeiffer was signed on to do the third, it was at the same level that Michael Keaton was as well. And when everybody started dropping out, I, I'm pretty sure they uprooted it and sort of changed everything. Because I don't think Michelle Pfeiffer was ever going to be in this fucking movie, you know? I don't think uh, Keaton liked the script at all. Keaton didn't like the script at all, so he he backed out because he didn't dig the script. And, uh, and like I said, I think from there, I think a lot got changed or whatever, but says, when Tim Burton was going to direct, Mickey Dolenz and Robin Williams were considered for the role of the Riddler. Moreover, Burton wanted the Riddler's head shaved with a question mark. The film was to include Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman, who survived the events of Batman Returns. Reen Russo uh, was cast as the love Renee. interest. Renee Russo, Renee. yeah. Renee, Renee Russo. Russo was cast as the love interest. Marlon Wayans was cast as Robin, and the film was going to be called Batman Continues, but Warner Brothers ultimately dismissed Burton uh, after they realized the tone of the film was similar to Batman Returns. So yeah, so this is you're taught when when Pfeiffer was signed on, that's when Burton was still going to do it because Burton was going to do it, but then the studio stepped in. They had a lot of problems with this one because the first one, you know, he played the big game, right? He he wasn't allowed 100% creative freedom. That first one has a fucking print soundtrack for crying out loud that has corporate all over it, right? Um, and then the first one did as well as it did, and it broke all this new ground, that they let him have the reins of the second one, and that's why the second one is essentially Batman through a fucking Edward Scissorhand filter, right? It's what you would think. If you say, hey, Tim Burton's going to direct a Batman movie, that's exactly what I think it should be. It's like, it's a Tim Burton Batman movie. I, I like the, the art direction in that movie i think it's the best it's aesthetically the coolest looking movie yeah this is uh this is cool uh uh whenever he was gonna do oh it, it was my called... god it's him oh yeah <laughs> fucking this is I, I like him in this movie isn't it funny is it's kind of weird that like he's had three different movies where it all revolves around the color green this movie the mask and the fucking grinch movie no uh, yeah no i've never thought about it <laughs> What are the but, it's like a trilogy for the for the curry heads the carry heads I said curry. <laughs> what I, what I wanted to say though is like uh, so I think the studio felt like they shot themselves in the foot by giving them that much creative control of the second one because they were unhappy with how dark it was because on the back end they had already made all these deals with McDonald's and shit to sell Happy Meals and toys. Yeah, and, I remember hearing about that. Yeah, yeah, coloring books and all this shit, right? Because that movie, dude. 
franchise and just uh, merchandise was through the roof for Batman Returns. The whole thing with the Penguin and and um, Catwoman was was pretty dark. I mean, I think he said something like, "I'd like to." Bro, need some rapey yeah. comment, you know. I'd like to. It was the penguin's motives in that movie were uh he was uh he had mommy daddy issues like he wanted his big plan was to kidnap the kidnap babies the firstborn children and drown them because he has mommy daddy issues and that's what happened to him that's dark Maybe. shit and then i would vote for him today his other motive was he was horny he lived a repressed life in the sewer as an ugly chud, so he never got no play and he was constantly working with catwoman because he wanted to fuck her and every time he's with her He's so uncontrollably horny. It's awesome. Like, and then that's when he freaks out when she's like, Oh, please, I wouldn't touch you to scratch you. And he's like, You lousy minx. You sent all the, you sent out all the signals, like even playing me, bitch. Uh, it's so good. This is great, by the way. Fucking Edward Nigma, Jim Carrey, he created this brain sucking, uh, like, uh, it beams fucking, well, he makes it so that you, you can watch TV and, and feel like you're in the show. But like, it's basically just a helmet with like a fucking blender strapped on top of it. It looks like a, an MTV music award, like a little popcorn thing. Yeah, yeah. He brings it and he's like, Hey, fucking, you know, uh, Bruce Wayne, can you give me some funding so I can fix this? And he's like, I don't know anything about it. I don't know who the fuck you are and that's what fucking sets him off like what'd you expect <laughs> why the fuck uh yeah i'll give you some more money to, to make this tv thing i mean i think uh we're just supposed to assume there's a whole backstory to him where he's been obsessed for a long time and, and it, this is not the extent of his creepiness this is uh really interesting uh had tim burton have made batman continues what would have been uh you know this movie it had three uh central villains brad duraf as the scarecrow mm-hmm. robin williams as the riddler billy d williams as harvey dent two-face burton however left production after feeling warner brothers wasn't too keen on his uh latest ideas and so the original release date uh, of 94 was pushed back to 95 no exactly and so that's where we're talking about the studio bit off more than they can chew. They had already made all these licensing deals. They gave them all this freedom. When they got the final product, they're like, this shit is dark, man. Like, we're, we're selling Happy Meals with this? Like, this exactly. movie. I, I, but it's like, this movie really isn't for kids. I, if I was him, I'd be like, you corporate fucking cunts. No, don't worry about selling Happy Meals. We're going to make a fucking good movie that people are going to remember. But, like, it's it's one of the dark, it's one of the darker fucking blockbusters out there. And especially darker. That movie could have easily been R if they just pushed up a, a couple of notches in the in the right direction because it's really dark it's got the tone for it but anyway so when the third one came around they're like ah fool us once like we're, we got some that. stuff to say he has that little hidden floor down there where he said open and it did that like what if he had somebody like visiting him and he accidentally said like oh uh did you open up the door over there and then it just opened up and he fell down like the, it was like holy shit <laughs> Who made that giant mile long weird looking tunnel? That fucking Rufus looking tunnel, like that Bill and Ted. T- like who, who does who does he contract to keep a secret and make all that shit? Our I guy see right there. Him and Alfred will work on the car. We see him doing like shit like that. But who made the rest? Yeah, did he it. have to kill them after so that they would keep the secret that he has the Batcave down there? There's a lot left unsaid, hundred percent. But yeah, anyway, I think uh, I think even Burton's pretty much said that. You know, the the studio wanted to make toys merchandising first, and, and, and that started compromising him as a filmmaker, which totally doesn't make any sense why he just ended up getting in bed with Disney 10 years later. Now he's their bitch, but whatever, because that's all Tim Burton does now. But Sam Raimi was actually considered to direct after Tim Burton dropped out. 
that makes more sense than Spider-Man to me. Uh, uh, you know, because it's a Raimi Batman would be interesting. But Raimi's like a, a Tim Burton where he's got a very distinct style. Um, and you can't really imagine him being even when he is like a director for hire, because he's been a director for hire more or less before, but he still feels like a Raimi movie sometimes. And same thing with Tim Burton. Do you think if he made the movie instead of fucking Bruce Wayne getting, you know, stuck in a bat cave and seeing the bat, he would have gotten raped by a bat in the woods or something in his version or something like that? I don't know. <laughs> well, no, if he would have done like Tim Burton did with Batman Returns, where it's like, okay, because Tim Burton claims to never have read comics, which he kind of seems like a, the comic kind of guy, but he's like, I never read any comics. Uh, so he was, and he didn't even bother with the source material before making Batman returns, especially he's like, I just took the IP. Right. And I fucking made my own movie from it. I mean, everything he took liberties with the penguin, a mutated fucking circus freak. That's not the penguin, but I love what he did with it. Everything about oh, it is, yeah. uh, so I can, if <laughs> Sam Raimi did the same thing and he never read a comic book and he's like, here, take these characters. We want you to put these villains and obviously you got to have Batman other than that run wild. That'd be pretty cool, man. You probably would have like a book of the dead and some fucking uh, rapey trees and stuff. Now, do you ever wonder why they always paint his eyes uh, black when he's under the mask? And why don't they paint his lips like around his mouth the same way? And if they did that, would it be considered blackface? <laughs> I, I have I have thought why cancel, don't they paint the uh, cancel Batman? Well, the thing is, yeah. is I don't think we're supposed to believe his eyes are painted. Yeah. Right. I think we're supposed to suspend disbelief in that his eyes are totally black by the mat. We're not supposed to because we never see him like applying the eye makeup because you're right. Yeah. It's probably one of those things where if you see him without his eyes painted black, you'd know why we did it because it looks very weird. Yeah. So, I mean, hypothetically, if we had a scene here where he just took off his mask, it, it, there would be no makeup on his eyes. There would be a cut. But they do that in Batman Returns. You remember? Mm -hmm. And the third act and the final yeah, scene of the movie. That always bugged me. Yeah, when they reveal, when it cuts back to Batman before he rips his mask off, for a split second, his eyes have no black around him. Yeah. Because we're not supposed to really know that's a thing. It's not a thing. Couldn't they have, uh, like, yeah, I always thought they, they could have figured out a way around that blunder. Because even as a kid, you know, watching, I was like, it, it's, it jumped out of me as, like, such a, like a continuity mistake, you know? You know how they could have did it? They could have did a shot from behind. No, that'd have been cool. Like a dramatic shot from behind his head. Well, just have him like turn away or something. And then when it's ripping off, then yeah. I would have just had him wearing it. Like fucking, he just takes off the mask and wipes his eyes and then it's all runny and he look cool. Like all goth and shit. Look like a juggalo. Juggalos are cool. Yeah. Like uh, Alice Cooper. Fuck yeah. yeah. This is a great scene, by the way, when he, when he loses it, kills the guy. This is probably one of the most memorable scenes. Can you imagine how weird that would be, though? Like, if we, if that really was supposed to be part of the process, like I said, I don't think it is because he gets the alert. He sees the bat signal. We need Batman now. But first, let me go apply some eye makeup in the bathroom. No, he like runs and he goes to the bat cave. He does this bullshit. So it's just supposed to be an extension of the mask, which is kind of weird. All he'd have to do is put it on his thumb and then wipe his eyes while they're shut. That's all he needs to do. Why does he even need it? No, because it's purely aesthetic. It's not to hide in the identity. Because, like you said, the whole they would, suit is purely aesthetic. Well, like I'm saying, if if it was if it was to really just conceal the identity, he would do it to his chin and stuff too. He's fucking too awesome to to have time to do that. I don't know why they just didn't make smaller eye holes or something. Because I mean, clearly they didn't have a problem with functionality because they couldn't move their fucking necks until the fourth one or something or this one. Yeah, every time I watch the original and you see like how thick that suit is, it's like why the fuck do they make it that thick? So they, gosh, is it the suit he has at the end of this one where he can turn his head? I can't remember. 
uh, or it's the fourth. I think so because he changes his suit when he gets into the Batwing, right? It's more like of a it's a different suit. But I don't. They, they, I guess they want to add inches to him to make him look more intimidating while he's wearing it. They have well, he does look more intimidating. I think he looks more like a bat when his hair's in, in the first and second movie. He looks more squared off. His head looks more squared off from his shoulders. He looks more like a bat. I think he looks more like the fucking bat signal because he does look weird. So in they went back to no neck in Batman Begins, right? He, that's really bad. Like he's he can't move his fucking neck. But the suit they used in uh, Dark Knight. It looks kind of silly. Like, I don't really like the way... It doesn't look as cool. I get it. He can move his head, but I see a skinny head. Was that our boy? Was that our boy from fucking uh, Halloween 4? Who? Or Halloween 3? What? On the TV? The Fisherman? I don't fucking know. Fucking look like him. The guy that works at the hospital where Michael Myers is? Fucking uh, the, the main actor. I forget his name. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, Tom Atkins? Halloween 3, Tom Atkins. No, I I seriously doubt it. It should have been. Can't argue with that. Ed Bagley Jr. is kind of an odd uh, choice of an actor to put. Yeah, how do you end up in this? Because he was never like I. I don't know. Hey, he, it's we- just notice real quick. He's got that bobblehead. That is the Riddler, right? Mm-hmm. Later on, he has that weird fucking like uh, big like fucking the uh, fucking. Uh, what was it, the fortune tower like thing cabinet that looked like it yeah it's got a riddler guy in it and he did he appropriate somebody else's intellectual property and start yeah he's sitting there trying to figure out what his name's gonna be and what his costume's gonna look like you have the riddler as a bobblehead and in that fucking thing what what are you talking about? It clearly it clearly exists as a franchise in this universe he just Already. rips it off yeah he would have got slapped with a big fucking fine cease and desist Ed uh, Bagley Jr. ends up in shitty sequels. I mean, just look at uh, Shitbusters with Ghostbusters answer the call. He's in that, too. Oh, is he? I've... Amazing film. That's I scrubbed that from my brain. Amazing film. Have you guys done that yet? Or No, we don't. We kept talking about it. We've talked about it the last two years, and we haven't yet. And I think I think we still need to. Uh, maybe Paul Feig will put out that three-and-a-half version, three hour version he teased, that director's cut. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny as I... I, I, I keep trying to get people to come on and talk about it, but nobody wants to. Everybody instantly, instantly, instantly repelled by it. Well, the movie is so fucking... It's too long. It's way too long for what it is, and it's it's hard to get through. Yeah. I mean, I'll do it. I, I, I We want to do it. I, just, I don't know. Yeah, maybe it's yeah, just Yeah, that movie deep. is a fucking chore, man. Like I can tell you, I don't want to do it with just me and Zach. If we do that, we have to have more than us, because we have to be able to talk about other shit to get through that piece of shit. Yeah, I mean, um, GNN. See, here it is, Zach. Watch. How do they have these fucking nice camera angles like a movie shoot was going on? That's dank. <laughs> yeah, I know. I noticed that, too. They were ahead of their time. News Newsroom. GNN's got it figured out. I kind of always hated that they kept Michael Goff in the role as Alfred and kept the yeah. continuity. because And Gordon, too, right? Yeah, Pat Hingle as Gordon and then Michael Goff. If they just went ahead and recasted them too, then we could always say that they were not attached. They were a different franchise. Then we could separate the Burton Batmans completely between the Schumacher and the Nolan. But because they're fucking in it, man, they don't need to be. They're forever connected and it leaves a bad taste. Um, but I mean, I still consider the Burton movies on their own island. But I love this. 
this uh the when, when he starts like sobbing <laughs> you'll see you'll see the ma- hand running matches exactly <laughs> see he, he he probably is the best part of the movie yeah to me, at least yeah it, uh, he totally is i think he did his job they hired him to be jim carrey in the script they gave him and he he knocks it out of the park as far as that goes i'm not shitting on jim carrey he definitely elevates this movie you know more than probably anybody else does how did he do that, though? Did he just dress up as him for that video? Because there's evidence left behind that shows him committing suicide. He must have just, like, dressed like him and, and uh, goodbye, cruel world. Did he just walk through that glass, too? He was just walking towards that big glass window. To whom it can't make concern. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking amazing. Yeah, I know, and I love it, too. He's like, yep, definitely suicide. <laughs> My my brothers and I used to laugh at that all the time. Like, that's all we have to do if we ever want to murder somebody is write goodbye, cruel world. Yep, (laughs) definitely suicide. You got to dress up like them so that the hidden camera catches you jumping out a window, too. I always figured that was something to do with his weird virtual reality shit. Like, maybe he did some. I don't know what the fuck he did. Yeah, I don't know. I bet you if we asked Joel Schumacher how that happened and how it was pulled off, he'd be like, I don't fucking know. Well, he, uh, he wouldn't know because he's his uh you know family business was uh, he was a shoemaker and like he you know like his dad wanted him to take up the shoemaking business and he was like dad I want to be a director he branched out to Hollywood. You remember how Jim Carrey was not the first choice to play the Riddler? It was Eddie Murphy. Oh God, Eddie Murphy! I didn't. Ed, know. Eddie Murphy turned it down, and uh, he even brought it up one time in the Tonight Show that yeah they they wanted him for to play the Riddler. Hey, is um quick question. Let me insert a question here. Uh, you can insert more than that. Uh oh, nice. I didn't know you swung that way. Uh yeah. So oh, coming yeah. to America too. Is that gonna be any good, or is that gonna be a fucking woke piece of garbage? You know what? Eddie Murphy proved he still has it with that Dolomite movie. Like he can make a good movie. I don't know what it was for the last 25, 30 years where he was putting out shitty movie after shitty movie. I don't know if it was the company he was keeping and just who he was working with, but don't was more Riddler statuettes. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Dolomite proved, Hey, this guy had a good script and the perfect project and it was awesome. And so if they got this, do they have the same team working on that? They had, they're coming out Beverly Hills Cop 4, too. That's going to be a Netflix uh, original movie. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, Beverly Hills Cop 4 is going to be a Netflix exclusive. They're, uh, so is, uh, I don't know, is it the same teams working on both, though? I mean, if it is, then I'll have, I'll give it a fair shake. Yeah. But that, that doesn't always guarantee success, right? I mean, Ridley Scott, he's dipped his fucking pen back into the Alien franchise, and he can't repeat stuff. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, you know, the magic of the moment's gone, and it ends up being a, a poor sequel, but... Well, know. comedy, a lot of time, is all about the era it was produced, right? And and yeah. so, the is is the comedy going to be as funny <laughs> in a movie that takes place in 2020, yeah. right? I mean, I love watching certain movies because of the period, and the jokes usually center around that period. Oh, dude, there's all kinds of, like great shit in coming to America that they, they could not do now. Like, Oh, you know, the Royal penis is clean. Your Highness. Like they would never do that <laughs> sexist shit now. You know what I mean? It's like, always assumed you had sex with your bathers. It's like, nah, that shit won't yeah. fly. You know, they're going to they're gonna cut it off at the knees, but you know, I'm glad they're doing another Beverly Hills cop. Cause Beverly Hills cop three sucked ass, like terrible fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you know what? I forgot the best example of you can't strike lightning twice, even with the same people behind it. Dumb and Dumber 2. 
that that's a, that's a great example of too little too better late. than the original too little too late right so and zach and i have discussed this before if they would have struck when the iron was hot and made dumb and dumber 2 maybe two three four years after the first one like kept it in the 90s at least i think everything would have had a better chance of falling into place because they waited until what 2015 yeah. or something ridiculous 20 years later or whatever i'm like it's just a totally different climate um i mean they were kind of going for the same tone i guess but it's just the jokes were falling flat so i see, think i don't so the weird thing about that movie dude is like i took my girlfriend at the time to go see it and we like laughed our asses off but the problem is really? the, yeah we really had fun watching it but the f- weird thing is is like the rewatchability of it is zero compared to the rewatching the rewatchability of the original which is i could watch endless times over and over i love the original one it's the best comment it's probably it's the first one probably the funniest movie like as far as rewatchability i laugh every time i never just get tired of it exactly yeah yeah i would let nicole kidman use me as her toilet in this movie I, I'm just gonna, no, um, me and two brothers went and saw Dumb and Dumber 2 uh, the opening weekend, and I swear, the theater was full. You could hear a pin drop. Nobody laughed once. Really? Not a single, oh, man. nobody laughed once. And it was, it was one of those, um, I wouldn't call it tension, but you could cut cringe. the awkwardness. You could cut the cringe with a knife and just how awkward it was in the theater, because you know everybody's seeing that movie. is like, oh, it's going to be hilarious. We all love the first one. Nobody's laughing. And I, I had that like embarrassed feeling. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know why I was embarrassed because everybody else got trolled like I did. And we're all seeing this movie. I think I was, I don't think I was embarrassed for myself. I really was embarrassed for Jim Carrey because I'm like, this is shit. This is terrible. Maybe your whole uh, audience was full of Aspies. The whole movie <laughs> felt like, no, look, the whole movie, everything that made that, made the cut in that movie felt like the leftover footage that got cut from the original movie, if you've watched the extended cut, right? Amazing. You ever watch the extended footage of the first one, Josh? It's incredible. Probably. I don't know. Okay, it's shit. So uh, if you buy the Blu-ray or the hey, look, DVD. Rorschach uh, test, it's clearly just a bat. Like, why do you have a bat on your wall? Oh, it's a Rorschach test. Well, I'm just saying we all see the bat, too. It's bullshit, right? It's dumb. Like, what, do you see well, it? Well, this, this movie is totally Captain Obvious, you know what I mean? So it's not a shocker. They're trying to make it obvious for fucking 12-year-olds. I see pretty bunnies. But, you know, I, I, it pisses me off, though, because if you guys want to buy Dumb and Dumber on Blu-ray or DVD, they force you to buy the unrated version, and they force you to watch that version. And it's with all the scenes that got cut, injected into it. Or it's the Why un- would they have to force me? It's the superior version. They call it the unrated version. And I'm like, dude, these there's a reason why those scenes didn't make it. They're terrible. And it's they all feel like Dumb and Dumber 2 scenes, where they... They they tow they go over that line of dirty like now it feels like uh, Dumb and Dumber never goes too far, it, it's never too dirty, it's never too on the nose. This movie like Zach, you know that scene I'm talking about where they're in the love motel, like in the in the real theatrical cut, you just see them in the little heart shaped tub, well, some little Philly break your heart. It's a real quick scene. And that one, there's this whole build up to the hotel. They're in the room together. And there's this awkward scene where they hear the couple next door having sex and they start putting a cup in the window uh, against the wall and they're listening and commentating on it. And it just, it's fucking cringe, man. That's what Dumb and Tummy 2 feels like. It's like all that shit. It's because you're a repressed little beta cuck. <laughs> it's dumb. When the funniest bit of Dumb and Dumber 2 was in your trailer, you fucking lost your way. The, you know, the, the, the him being in the fucking crazy home and stuff. I I don't hate it. I don't hate the the sequel, but it's definitely in the shadow of the first for sure. But 
I don't know. I didn't feel like I got. Oh, it's... I didn't feel like I got gypped. You know what I mean when I we saw it the theater, but. Oh, it's fucking terrible, Josh. What's your problem? I know. No, I'm just God playing. Damn it. I'm just playing. Here, here's uh, the the last fun fact I'll give you about the fucking original version. In October '93, Robin Williams stated that he was in talks for the role. Uh, and commented on his enthusiasm. Williams had previously expressed interest for the role of the Joker in Batman, although he lost out to Jack Nicholson. Apparently, he was pretty uh, bummed about that because, like, it was one of those things where he was going to be the Joker until uh, Jack Nicholson said, I'll do it. And and Jack Nicholson was the bigger star, so they were just like, oh, well, never mind. Never mind, Robin. So uh, when that happened, uh, he expressed in- after that he expressed interest in the role a second time in The Dark Knight, but lost out the second time to Heath Ledger, yeah. who was cast. Ultimately, in June '94, uh, Carrie was cast after Williams had turned down the role. Uh, Shoemaker had known Carrie since the mid 1980s, roughly 10 years after he became. Uh, uh, commercially famous after Carrie's role in Ace Ventura Pet Detective Warner Brothers and Shoemaker felt for him uh, to be the perfect part and Michael Jackson had previously opted uh, hard to land the role but was ignored uh, Good. Matthew Broderick was also expressed interest in the role uh, yeah so, so really quick I gotta interject so it's first of all Schumacher but now if Robin Williams did no Shoemaker if Robin Williams <laughs> did actually turn down the role, it was because of scheduling conflicts or something. Because I think I've heard him lament even that. Because when the when the Nolan movies were even out and stuff like that, he lost a third time, right? With like you mentioned, he. I read an interview with him where he said, "I just really want to get in one of those damn movies. Like I, it's, I, it's the only thing I have done. I want to get in one of those movies." He still he wanted probably to. Probably could have done a great job. He, he did. Uh, oh dark. my god, he would have been amazing as a Joker. I think the Joker is one of those characters where you could. It's an empty. It's a blank canvas. Like you could really do a lot with it. Um, and yeah, everybody would be completely different. That carnival barker kind of looked like a uh, Curry for a second. Um, with uh. Robin Williams' dark side, you know, if he, I, I think we saw a little bit of that in that that one movie he did. Um, one hour photo. One, yeah, one hour photo. But if he had channeled uh, that into Joker, that would have been really, really interesting. He could have channeled that and mixed it with his, he's a master at comedy and drama, drama and then like going from one to the other. Really, Like Mrs. Doubtfire, right? Mrs. Doubtfire is slapsticky, it's silly, but there are moments of where he's just, you know, trying to go for that Oscar and shit. And he, if you could have mixed it with that one hour photo type thing, yeah, he could have did something really cool with it for sure. Steve Martin was the second choice for the Riddler after Williams uh, opted out. Weird. That would be weird. That could work though. I could see that. He turned it down because the death of his good friend, John Candy and the divorce of his wife at the time, uh, he was too depressed to mm. make the movie. Yeah. There was something else I was going to say uh, about all that shit with the Robin Williams and stuff. I can't quite recall. I think I feel bad for Billy D, man, because when all that shit fell through with the Tim Burton threequel, Billy D lost his uh, because yeah, and that that's that's what Billy D has said, and Tim Burton is like, yeah, it's like, well, I they were building up even when they made the first movie, there was thoughts of a franchise, and and my character was going to be the villain in the in the later one, not like deep down the line, like in the third one. He's like, that was always the plan, and I had signed on to my contract, and that's why I'm just so minimally in that first one so it does kind of feel like uh a waste of billy d williams in the franchise i don't he doesn't i like billy d a lot i i really do but i i don't know if he's got the chops to do that manic thing that harvey dent needs to do like i agree you know 
I would have been I cool agree. to see like a Harvey Dent, you know, a, a Billy D. Harvey Dent in the makeups and what they would come up with. But you know, he does kind of like one thing. He's a little monotone, and you love it. But would you Billy D. his Williams though? I would. Yeah, I would B. D. his W's for sure. Oh yeah. I. You know what's funny is I. I don't think people really think about it, but he was pretty ahead of the curve, man, and progressive because he had he cast a a black guy as a, a white character, right? And who was going to the idea was for him to go on and be the villain too. So he was. That's go- why he got fired. He went woke and went broke. He was going to be a black Two Face, and he cast Marlon Wayans as Robin in the second one before that kind of got the kibosh. But I mean, he was. Which Marlon Wayans still gets residuals, right, from Batman Returns. It was part of his contract. That is the best fucking scam ever. I hope I am that good someday. But isn't that weird, though? Can you imagine that in, like, 1989 and 92? People weren't doing that back then. Nowadays, it's like they force you. Now, it's almost too forced. Like, we have to make these characters a different race because we got to make people happy. But I don't know. Just something of note. Jim Carrey's original idea to shave a question mark into his scalp had to be uh, scratched because he was due in court to finalize his divorce. Oh, okay. You don't think the judge would have understood? See, that would have been cool because he could have also had like the trails and had the the fucking uh, you know car, the Hot Wheels driving through him, like in that one movie. Oh, High School High. Yeah. <laughs> John Lovitz is the Riddler. That's what he should be. Oh hell yeah. You think uh, Jim Carrey's got any steam left in him to do anything like brilliant, or is it over? You know, dude. I think I think he's toast. I think he's over. Uh, I think he's he had such a bit. He was basically the '90s. He was such a pop culture phenom, and he represents the '90s especially so well that I think he's solidified his place in Hollywood and his status. He's like a Tom Hanks. Everybody's gonna know Jim Carrey, but I think he's done, man. I don't think he'll ever have another comedic role that puts him on the map, but I think he totally could do another dramatic role. I, does it. I think I don't think it's impossible. We've seen stranger comebacks. Um, he just needs to get the right project. He just needs to get the right project. He needs the right person to give him a shot at something. Um, but yeah, I mean, I try. I almost watched that dark crimes movie on because it's streaming. I'm like, oh, I bet it's shit. Watch the Truman Show. I saw the Truman it's Show better. back in the day, it, and you didn't seem to realize it was great. It's an interesting movie. I, I don't ever feel like watching it, though, to be honest with you. Truman Show was a 10 out of 10 for me. Yeah, I watched it back when it came out. We rented it on pay-per-view, streaming 24, and that's, that's the last time I watched it. Beta cucks. Yeah. I never watched The Majestic. I watched Eternal Sunshine once, and I didn't quite get the hype. I'm like, I don't think this is what everybody says it is, but it wasn't for me. Joel Schumacher actually wanted Nicole Kidman to play Poison Ivy in this movie, too, but then decided that there was too many fucking, uh, you know, bad guys in the movie. Uh, you think? Yeah. Held it. Let's have this quick discussion. Whatever the fuck happened to Chris O'Donnell, man, because he just dropped off the fucking map. Like, He's on TV. He's on NCIS New Orleans or, or CIS, CSI New Orleans. Or, really? He's, he's on a CIS show right now with, uh, I think, with fucking, fuck, uh, LL Cool J. I think people- And has been- yeah, I think people only people in their sixties watch that those shows, which could which could be true. But and, and I know it's it's weird. And I also think because it's easier for that to go over your my head, like oh god, he's working, but he's actually been on that show probably fucking ten years now. But I think really? it's easy for that to I think it's easy for that to go over your head or my head because we're in streaming era, right? We're not right. watching fucking TV anymore. If we were slaves to scheduled programming, I think we'd know who was on what. Cause we'd be, we'd be channel surfing all the time. We'd be looking yeah. at the TV guide. 
Um, but now there's just so much fucking content, right? Uh, so many fucking channels, so many fucking streaming. Uh, it's so much shit. Holy shit. Kurt Russell was considered to be Batman yeah. for a short time. Yeah. Well, okay, so Mel Gibson was the number one pick, the original Batman. Are you talking about Kurt Russell? Are you talking about this one, Kurt Russell, this movie? It's what it said. Wow. Okay. I, I know Mel Gibson, they wanted him for the first Batman first. Um, Kurt Russell or bust. Now I'm now I'm for just fucking completely. You know how people were tearing down fucking statues? Tear down the original Batman because Kurt Russell wasn't in it. Fuck that. Oh, I think. Hold on. I think. Uh, Tim Burton won an Alec Baldwin for the first one, but the studio won a Mel Gibson. I think that's what it was, right? And they, I think they, I don't think they played, I don't think they played to Tim Burton and even offered it to Alec Baldwin. I know they offered it to Mel Gibson and he didn't do it, but I know Tim Burton really wanted Alec Baldwin, which they both would, they both looked the part. I think Alec Baldwin back in the eighties, Alec Baldwin back in the eighties, he would have looked like, he he makes it, I think a great Bruce Wayne, but. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. I don't see him in the bat suit. I don't see Mel Gibson pulling off either role. You know what I mean? Like, but this, but would would nobody would you have thought Michael Keaton would have? You got a point. Yeah, no, you got a point. You got a point. Nobody did. So every you, know, you never know. But yeah, exactly. When they, I remember when. You know, everybody liked to flip shit when Heath Ledger got cast as the Joker. Like, oh, like that fucking guy from those rom-coms and blah and roll your eyes. Uh, But that's the way they did with Michael Keaton. They're like, the fucking weird guy from Mr. Mom, the guy that makes all those funny movies. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. I saw pictures of uh, the new guy. uh, Fucking, uh, what's his name? Hanson. Yeah. Yeah, as Bruce Wayne, and he has like a sinister look to him. He, like he would probably be better as a villain. Dude, that bad suit looks dumb though, and he looks weird too from a, the profile. Like he's got that flat face. As Bruce Wayne, he's got like a. He looks like fucking uh, what's his name from uh, American Psycho. But they did hire the guy that played American Psycho to play Batman. I'd I'd give him a chance. I'd give Pattinson a chance to see. I think because of Michael Keaton, you have to give everybody a chance at this point because it's always been like that. It's always been polarizing. I mean, they went with Clooney, and Clooney was terrible. So you you know, oh, it doesn't Clooney always doesn't always work out. But you know, the thing about the Pattinson look for me, the cowl around like the ears and shit like that. I don't know. It looks undeveloped. It doesn't really. I like that they're doing like the stitch together leather sort of thing or whatever. I thought that was kind of cool. Kind of kind of give it like a. They're doing an original thing, which I think they needed to do at this point. But they um, should uh, cast his retarded brother from Good Times to play Robin. J.J. Walker. I'm just kidding. You said Good Times. It's a good time. Good time. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I just think everybody has to hold reservations when it comes to a Batman movie because there has never been a Batman movie where nobody was like that guy. Huh? What? What? The movie will make or break it. Like if it's a good movie, people will be sold on whatever the fuck's in it. Mark Wahlberg, Leonardo DiCaprio, Matt Damon, Jude Law, Ewan McGregor, Corey Haim, Corey Feldman, uh, Toby Stevens, and Scott Speedman were all considered to play Robin. Man, <laughs> Corey Feldman, can you imagine that? Dude, Corey Haim would still be alive today if he got the role as Robin. Like, he, that would have gave him more juice. That would have gave him some more. Uh, he would have been able to be around at least another five, ten years. That would have bought him some time. I, ju- I just come to my pants. The Reeves was considered to play Bruce Wayne in Batman. The Reeves. You know, we haven't really been chatting all that much the last like few months, so there's so many like things that I've been meaning to talk to you about, but how quickly did that whole fucking Corey Feldman thing vaporize 
after it was dropped, you know, he did his little premiere, man. No, any day now he's gonna completely destroy the fucking uh, the powers that be in Hollywood with that dog. The wolf pack, bro. Uh it did. I don't know. It was it was dumb. It was shitty and it just it just dissipated. It went away. It was a media stunt. Totally. And I mean, we've talked about this a lot in the show, so I don't know how much we but the fact that everybody got so fucking trolled, his big reveal was something that already made headlines last year when somebody else, the guy that wrote the fucking book, right? There was another guy, a friend of Corey Haim that wrote a book where it doxed Charlie Sheen and talked about the Lucas thing. Mm-hmm. And now granted, maybe Feldman was already working on the documentary at the time. And when he saw that book come out and those headlines come out, he's probably like, fuck man, <laughs> he, he fucking stole my thunder and he couldn't stop now because his movie was being made. But regardless, was, it was nothing. Was Charlie Sheen ever openly bisexual or gay or something? I mean, I remember people saying that like Charlie Sheen and Corey Haim were like dating for a while. No, it was not. If that's true, that's not an open thing. I mean, only thing we know uh, know about Charlie Sheen is that he was a sex maniac. He had an he had a a fixation on prostitutes because you know he's one of those guys. He was rich and shit, Hollywood playboy, and he still liked to fuck hookers. And from there, it's just rumors. Like the big rumor was that he really had a thing for transsexual hookers, but that's just all fucking hearsay. Who knows? He knows how to fucking party. I guess. It's like the whole uh, Richard Gere gerbil in the butthole thing. <laughs> or the Eddie Murphy uh, trans transsexual uh, thing. Well, no, right? that, I think that actually, I mean, he got pulled over with a tranny in his car, so that's different. So but, that's, not, that's not a rumor, you know what I mean? No, no, but 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 he never owned up to it. I was just giving her a ride. It just kind of yeah. was always that, you know? But. Sure. I was thinking, like, is there, like, a Hollywood actress that's so hot that, like, like you know, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, if I was getting ready to, to, to fuck her, and she 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 goes, Zach, there's things you'll never understand about me. She pulls out a huge cock. I would probably be uh, fucking having trouble sitting down for the next month. In the crying game. <laughs> How do you say no to those eyes? No, dude, uh, the answer, okay, I'm going to say this straight up. The answer to everything you start to ask is always going to be no. Like before you even finish the first syllable, it's no. It's because you're beta. You mean like if like <laughs> Natalie Portman was about to give it up to you and she rolled over and it was like a total like sluts with nuts moment. Oh, you're like exactly. it's still Natalie Portman though. You know exactly. Yeah, no, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> not. A- I I think I would say the exact same thing you said there, Josh, but with a different tone. I'd be like, oh, Natalie Portman. Like I'd be disappointed. Mm. Yeah. Because you know. she's probably got a bigger dick than you do, Beta. <laughs> yeah, but I no. But the answer you gotta make that dick fucking uh, squeal. You gotta show it who's boss. You know, but what Eddie Murphy did was PR one hundred and one. Right? They say when you're under scrutiny for anything like that in the press, bad press, all you do is you deny, 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 deny until everybody forgets about it. Because it'll happen. Like just stick to your story and just. Just stick with your shitty denial. And it is true. Everybody forgot about it. Everybody mm-hmm. forgot. Well, who else? Um, okay. Well, she wasn't a transsexual. Hugh Grant. He just got pulled over with a really, really <sighs> sleazy looking prostitute. Because mm-hmm. he was married to Elizabeth Hurley. And he w- he was with this really trashy fucking hooker broad, man. It's like, why? That just goes to show when, when guys go out on their wives, it has nothing to do with what they have at home or beauty or anything. Looking for some strange, you know? It's 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 strange, it's unfamiliarity and it's conquest. It's just primal fucking nature bullshit. I yeah, you know, it's, 
I thought he in- he handled that whole situation interestingly because he he owned up to it on TV, right? Yeah, he just made a big joke out of it. You know what I mean? Like he just made himself a fool and used that charm, and it everybody was just like, yeah, whatever, you know, who cares, you know? And they kind of faded away. See, I think. Elizabeth Hurley was in on it. She wanted to fucking know what it was like to get fucked by her husband fucking a hooker, too. And uh, it was consensual. I don't Beautiful thing, really. I think Eddie Murphy, in his case, he just wanted to be one step closer to greatness. He wanted to be one step closer to, to his the idol. Edge, and he's about to break. No, he, wrote, he wanted to be one step closer to Richard Pryor, because Richard Pryor was about that life. Right? Oh, yes. And... See all these fucking artist types, they they fucking know what it's about. You gotta fuck. The Richard Pryor, the Richard Pryor thing was always uh, officially unconfirmed. Like everybody that knew him, everybody nowadays, like uh, he fucked. Um, uh, what's his name? Fucking uh, Gene Wilder? No, 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 no. <laughs> Paul Mooney. That's the big thing. No, no. Uh, even bigger than that. What's his name? Fucking what's oh, that oh, story? Brando, Brando, Brando. Yeah, yeah, Brando. Yeah. So that now that thing is. His wife, his his widowed, his ex-wife, his widow even said that. She mm-hmm. says, yes, him and Marlon Brando used to fuck and they used to have like a thing, like, they're, you know, very open, you know, and she and she said Marlon Brando, and I think a lot of people would attest this, would say Marlon Brando was one of those guys that would just fuck anything and everything that moved, right? Anything and everything that moved. He, he, just, he was all about excess, obviously. Um, and see, if they ask him Marlon Brando, he's like, funny thing you ask that, uh, my ex-wife used to eat babies. But nobody ever made a big thing about it, though. Like, uh, and and when you think Richard Pryor, especially back then, you don't think, oh, a, a gay guy. No, you just think Richard Pryor. But even he, he did an interview back in the day, and no one even gave a shit where he was talking about how he had a relationship with a, a transsexual. Yeah, but yeah. then, but then he would go on like you know interviews, and he would call like Gene Wilder a faggot and shit. So it was just like really well, that's just brilliant, you know. I mean, <laughs> like you know the fact that. It, I, I don't know. He just because he was a more liberal minded type of person, he was still keeping up with the way that kind of comedy was back then. Like, you know what I mean? He was I don't know. I can him and Eddie Murphy. They they talked a lot about it. The same shit. One of them was living it. Well, I guess Eddie Murphy maybe eventually did. Who knows? Don't knock the hustle. By the way, can I just say that I don't care for any of the Batmobile shit in this? I don't like the design and I don't like the it's gross. It's yeah, it sucks. It's amazing. You guys are fronting. Oh, I forgot Drew Barrymore is in this. It sucks because... The hottest Drew Barrymore ever looked is in Wayne's World 2. She looks great in that uh, teddy, though. No, this is probably the hottest she's ever looked. She's never been my type, but she's this is probably the best she's ever looked. Um, Wayne's World 2. And that movie Boys in the Side with Chris O'Donnell that came out the same year, she showed her titties. She flashed them twice. Hmm. Yeah, she Which flashed movie? them twice. Uh, there was a movie that came out this year as well with Chris O'Donnell. And it was called Boys on the Side. Shit. Never even heard about it. Yeah, and she flashed her. They're quick. They're quick flashes. Boys on the Side are always hard. Sad that... Uh, Come talking that trash, we'll pull your card. You know, Drew Barrymore flashing her tits in a movie doesn't even make headlines anymore. No. And she does, She flashes them twice. Uh, and it really is a flash. But, I mean, it's good enough to pause. Like when you had the VHS tape back in the day, just pause it. And there you go. You got full frontal See, tits. Imagine if whenever he showed them his new creation, I am the Riddler. They're like, aren't you just that fucking uh, bobblehead thing that exists? Yeah. He stole the, he stole his his shtick. Exactly. And he's got pain on his eyes, too. Like, you ain't shit, Jim Carrey. You ain't shit. See, now I'm feeling you with the whole bringing back the 60s Batman thing with the bowler hat and 
you know, the Riddler, this, this feels like a 90s version of 60s Riddler, you know, to me. I can see it. Yeah. And that, and what's with this? Whenever we, if you notice, whenever we're on the villains, they always make the angle of the camera crooked and stuff, especially Jim Carrey. Everything's all Oh, the uh, Dutch lens or Dutch angle or whatever. Everything's weird. Yeah. It drives me crazy with this movie. But no, in the the next one, though, they get, uh, they, they get all the way to the line of camp cheesy 60s Batman right before they get to the pow, kapow, whammo. Like they could honestly throw those in Batman and Robin, it wouldn't shock you. That'd be great because it's just so fucking ridiculous. All those pock marks on our our boy's face right there, you could just get off by just rubbing your cock all over his face. That friction. Do you guys remember? Uh, you guys watched The Simpsons? Josh, you ever watched Simpsons growing up? Of course. Yeah. Remember when they were? Wa- remember when they were making the radioactive man movie and obviously it's just kind of a parody of 60s batman remember when they were i don't know if it was archival footage or what it was but they were they had like an episode or whatever and it was uh the the, the villain was the scout master <laughs> and they were fighting all these like boy scout but they were grown ass like thugs and boy scout costumes oh yeah. and the the scout master he sounded like paul lind he's like don't he's like don't be afraid to use your nails boys and it was really fun. It had all the kapows and stuff. I die laughing at that skit all the time. It had nothing to do with what we were talking about here. Well, we were talking about the 60s Batman. There was a, no, there was a connection. Kind of were. Never never happened. But yeah, he does paint his eyes green and they look sexy. I don't buy the alliance between the Riddler and Two-Face. A, because they hated each other in real life, of course. A, how was how did the Riddler just find Two Face in his hideout that easily? I mean, like, but B, why is he going along with the Riddler? He's clearly just one of these guys that they have different motives. And there's that moment where yeah, he wants to kill Bat, right? Kill the Bat. He wants to kill the Bat when he's gonna put a bullet in his brain when they were at his house. The trick or tweet, Riddler stops him and says, "No, don't kill him." If you kill him, you won't learn nothing. And he just is convinced by that and laughs. I'm like, ah, that doesn't feel like Two-Face to me. The whole idea is that they're both like clinically insane. So, you know, there's a little gray area to fudge with character stuff. I wish they would have played more with his multiple personalities because he doesn't. He just got one zany personality. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that one. But I guess the original opening had fucking Two-Face breaking out of the same... Uh, you know, uh, Arkham Asylum uh, cell that fucking Riddler ends up in at the end of the movie. Mm. That would have been, oh, yeah. That would have been a cool way to introduce at least some Easter eggs, some other Batman villains since they were already in Arkham. And that's the only time we've ever seen Arkham. No, I think they show Arkham in the fourth one, maybe, but I don't know. What... I think the only time they acknowledge any kind of split personality and it, because it's the only time it comes off as weird and it stands out in a bad way at the end of the movie in the third act where Batman's upon their lair and everything else, uh, you know, Riddler presents himself and that's when Tommy Lee Jones goes and me. And then he does the other side of his face and me like, okay, that was odd. You haven't done this shit the whole movie and now you're doing it. Yeah. It would have been interesting if he had just played it a little, Normal sometimes, you know, like the calm, collected Tommy Lee Jones that we get in most movies, you know, that sort of like no nonsense sort of personality and then have the zany thing. But you don't get any of that at all during that whole scene in the third act. He does it. Well, he does that. And me, we're we're missing Robin's fucking. He's an expert in martial arts at fucking folding laundry. Yeah, he has. It's kind of a fucking worthless scene, isn't it? 
stupid. We'll let you know that he's good and that he could be their sidekick. That's what's it's, it's a desperate scene. It's desperate. In it's like, like, this is what he does to show his worth. He can, like, a ring out a sock on his ankle. Dude, have you ever tried that? It looks fucking easy, but, like, you try that and you fucking... Sometimes you hit yourself with the stick on the fucking mop. It's not that easy, but um, no, but during the whole third act, though, he does. He turns it on for like a second. That whole and me. And when he's got Bruce, right, he says he kind of like dials it back. You know, Bruce says we are not about fair, blah, 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 blah. That's when he gives him the chance with the coin. He's like, and he flips the coin or whatever, I think. He says my favorite line in the entire movie. I'll bring it up when it comes up. We blow your tail end off. Uh, no, no. It, it, it's it's way better than that. He's like, tails, we blow your tail end off. I think uh, I, I might be thinking of a, a different scene where he does the same thing, but we'll see. Fucking fake news, GNN. Fucking fake news. I this movie was huge though, so I didn't get to see this movie in the theaters. We never. I was never able to go to the theaters a lot when I was a kid. Look at that. How do you illustrate and do all that? Like he's just got all the time in the world. <laughs> it's stupid. Coming up with these great plans, fucking making a great pop up book. He's an evil genius, Zach. Exactly. Yeah. So I didn't get to see this movie for what it really was, but I remember the hype was real with all that. You know, and I was the perfect demographic, man. I was a kid. So the the big McDonald's ads and the Kellogg's partnership, all that shit worked on me. That I didn't really think about corporate shit back in the day and uh, Yeah, I was thinking about this the other day. What's the biggest like movie ad campaign you guys remember from like your your entire childhood? Probably Batman Forever, to be honest with you, because and and it was probably there for Batman Returns too because now in hindsight I kind of remember all the coloring books, all the toys, everything was on crack. But Batman Forever, I was the right age. Um, I remember they had the McDonald's toys too, but they had a big Kellogg's thing. So it, depending on which mm. Kellogg's cereal you bought, you got a collector's box. Uh, Riddler was on Apple Jacks. He was on the front of the box, and they all came with like a toy, something in there. And then I remember Two Face. Look, Two Face was on. He's, he's stealing the brain of even dogs. Two Face was on Corn Pops, right? Uh, fucking et cetera, et cetera. And I just remember it was everywhere. And it might just be because that happened to be the shit my grandmother stocked the cupboards with, so it was like all around me, maybe. But they had all the toys, just like they had with Batman Returns and stuff. Probably even more. And. I don't know. I just um I would say for for me it's easy. There's two. One, the original Batman was huge. And I'm a little bit older than you guys, so I remember the frenzy of the original Batman. But I think even bigger than that one in terms of like, you know, just the just a huge ad campaign that you, yeah. you just remember seeing everywhere. Was uh the Phantom Menace. That was insanely huge. huge dude that was huge see it might be different for you guys because you're thinking of movies you like because the only one i remember like the most of was roland emmerich's fucking godzilla remake well by the way zach i fucking hated I, i'm still not a big star wars guy and i hated the first the phantom menace so it's like i that wasn't i agree with josh it was huge but i didn't like it so it goes beyond that sometimes i mean justin bieber got shoved down our throats it doesn't mean we liked it i mean sometimes they just shove shit down your throat for some reason anytime i think of like a movie with a huge jacket pain that movie comes to mind because that one that one had it too because it was the fall it was roland emmerich's follow-up to uh fucking uh independence day right so remember before they even had a single ounce of footage shot they were they had like fucking promo uh posters everywhere saying uh, like it'd show a school bus and it'd say like his foot is as big as this bus and it was like holy shit and they were like they were I don't know it was a it was a great ad campaign but then the movie came out and well then they had Puff Daddy and Jimmy Page do that video 
right? The cashmere ripoff oh, yeah. to come with me or whatever. Um, it it had a big soundtrack push. There was other. There was like a Wallflowers who were big at the time. There's a lot of songs on that. I think um, Buster Rhymes had a video out. So, but Batman Forever did yeah. the same thing, right? They had the U2 video. They had the yeah, Seal. Yeah, the U2. That's U2 song was actually I think pretty decent. I like I like that U2 song. Fuck U2. It's all about Seal. No, but every see, time I think about the Dallas, <laughs> but no Seal. Seal had the biggest hit out of all these movies we're talking about. That it almost what the fuck is that shit on his face? By the way, he um fuck. That's not nice. No, I can't. Re- I was hoping that got a laugh, and it didn't. And I just fuck a dick now. Fuck, I can't remember if he had a skin disease or if it was a fire. It's one of the two. It's some. The irony is, is if it did get a laugh, I would have felt like a dick too. No, I think he has some kind of skin disease. He has some kind of disease that um you know did, yeah. it wasn't acne. Um, it was just something else. But yeah, might have been a birthmark too. But no, the, the seal thing. Sometimes you have soundtracks that are bigger than the movie they came from, and I don't know if that was. It was definitely as big. Kiss from a Rose was fucking huge. Um, and I think um, my power, my pleasure, my pain, baby. I like Seal, man. Wasn't he like laying pipe on Heidi Klum or something? He was. He they just got divorced like a couple years ago. They were married for years. Fucking alpha. Yeah, but. I like I like Seal. I like um you know, he was I don't think he had the longest of careers, right? But he's still around, but no one's really buying his shit anymore. And did you know that when it snows? I like his first uh big his first big hit was really good. What is it? Crazy? That's a great song, man. We were never gonna survive. Yeah, it's a good song. But anyway. That's one of those songs that when I hear it takes me right back. To a specific spot in my life, you know? What, Kiss from a Rose or Crazy? Uh, crazy. That's a sure. little bit crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, I was thinking of the Casey and JoJo crazy. I'm going crazy, 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 just thinking about you, baby. That's a great Which song. one had the fucking Gimp strong hand? Was that Yin Yang Twins? Uh, maybe. Right? Like, the, like Chris Elliott from Scary Movie, he had like the fucked up hand. Oh, yeah. I want to get a Gimp mask. You dang. <laughs> okay. Get out the uh, Gimp. Hey, really quick. This is totally off topic, but I, I I remember it. I'm trying to hang. I've been doing a whole overhaul in my house. Uh, so I've changed my podcast station. I have a room that's like a game room. And I kind of made that my podcast room too. But because I wanted to make the office I'm in right now just for work because I work from home because I wanted to distance. I wanted this to be work. And then when I'm not in work, when I'm not working, I don't want to be in this fucking room. So I was trying to like separate everything, but then space, space became the issue. So the sensible thing was to actually move all the podcast shit back in here because it actually has space. So I'm back in this room and I want to like do some organizing and hang up some cool shit. And I want to hang up my three Jason masks, but I don't, I can't really find dedicated hangers for that kind of thing. Is this something that people make custom or do you guys have any, do you guys know of anybody that I'm sure Mac would, he's the resident mask guy, but do anybody know of anything I can use to hang like yeah. a hockey mask on a wall? I don't know. Don't you have one, Zach? Don't you have a Jason mask? Um, there, there's definitely stuff that you can do. Um, I think you just gotta like follow some groups on Facebook, dude. Cause they, they've got all that shit worked out to a fucking T, you know? I used to have like a, a, a fucking thing to to hang clothes on, but that fell off. That used to be where I hung the hockey mask. That was just laying on my at the top of my movie shelf. 
I imagine I would, I don't want anything to protrude the holes or anything. I imagine I'd want something like, you ever see those things that hold decorative China? Like, you know, like two little stands and it sits on top. Probably something like that I can like uh, screw into a wall. I need to ask Mac, I guess, because Mac Mac is that guy. He's like in every fucking Mac and Chase. He's in every fucking mask Facebook group, so he'll probably know. But yeah, I want something, and I'm actually shocked. Mac was actually gonna join in on this country, but he was sick. Yeah, I fucking, guess we could have had Val Kilmer doing a movie with Val Kilmer. It would have been amazing. Yeah, that's what I figured happened. That's why I got the call to be on the show tonight. Well, no, no it was gonna be both of you. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, but mm-hmm. no, you were the the no. But what what I was talking about uh, earlier is so next month we were go, we're we're gonna do cyborg exploitation. And my idea, I was gonna message you, and I told you guys this that I wanted job. I was gonna ask to see if you do one because I'd like to have a guest, at least a different guest on for each episode. Uh, we're actually having William Lowry on for RoboCop, and I know he was trying. He wants to be on RoboCop too, but I really think I want to try and get different people on forever because Riverman wants to come back and that might be kind of hard because Riverman's uh he's got vacation uh, during the whole week or whatever we're going to be doing a lot of these so I'm like I I don't want too many cooks in the kitchen it gets real out of control yeah. sometimes no, so, three, three is a magic number man it really is uh, so I, I obviously will I'll tell Will but I don't know we're going to do Robocop with him and I know he wants to do part two but I just don't know what else River I want to fit Riverman in because he never makes time for the shit. And he actually called me and said, Hey, he wants to record. He's got a week off and it was perfect. So maybe we'll have, Hey, who, ta- who changed the channel to the fucking Buster rise party with me video. I don't this know. is where the movie definitely takes a dump a little bit, you know? Yeah, this it's weird, man. I think when I was a kid though, it probably looks really cool. Like, look at this. I want to go to that party. Like what kind of gang is this? It's like Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> I know, totally. It's fucking weird, yeah. man. What kind of hard-ass gang is this? And aren't they pretty easy to spot? <laughs> they must have a uh, fucking set designer in their little gang somewhere, because everything hangs together perfect, you know? It's like, oh my god, we gotta, we need we need a fucking ID on the fucking bank robbers. It's the fuckers that glow in the dark. What that dick-ass scarf he's wearing, though. Look at this, man. They, they are wasting their talents on crime. These guys are flipping and hanging from shit. And like I said, they couldn't get away with anything, man, because they're all glowing in the dark. This is a funny trivia entry. The Batmobile was usually driven by stunt drivers, but Chris O'Donnell insisted on driving it himself in the joyride scene. He crashed it into a curb and uh, dented the fender. <laughs> fucking idiot. That's why they don't trust actors to drive cars in fucking movies. I think for these guys, man, that blue ink that they do for people that try and rob safes and shit and steal money, it would be pointless. I mean, they, they already are glowing. Okay, this is stupid. It's amazing. He's got that scarf. It's so fucking sexy on him. Is that a scarf or is his shirt just ripped? Who fucking knows? My idea was, though, with the idea of Cyborg Sploit, because, Josh, what we're going to do is we're going to do uh, Robocop 1 and 2 and T1 and T2, because it's I'm fucking blown away that we haven't done any of those. It's really weird. Mm-hmm. But it's perfect. And they fit, and that's the, that's the two best of each series, right? So, I mean, there's no reason to really rush out to do Ro- Robocop 3 or T3. I mean, we can do them eventually. But my idea was... Will really wanted to be a part of one of them, so we're letting him do RoboCop 1, and then I thought we could have... I think he likes two more. Well, let, tell might. you what, we'll ask him. We'll ask him what he wants to do, because we'll, <clears> we'll record this stuff in the next week, and we'll... But I, I was like, Josh, I was going to ask if you wanted to do one of them, and uh, I figured Goat would be good for something like Terminator 1, because that just seems like maybe more his wheelhouse. Um, I already asked him, he's in. Okay, cool. And then Riverman's got to do one. Um, and I don't mind if Riverman's like a fourth wheel if it has to be done, right? I mean, it'll, cause, you know, <laughs> but my only, well, no, my only problem with it is 
and I told Zach this too when we were talking about you know multiple people be when Riverman when there's more when there's four people and Riverman's on Riverman will shut up and we won't get to we really won't get to utilize him because whenever there's three other people he will stay quiet the whole podcast and not really do anything which people want to hear Riverman when there's three magic number like you said he he will he'll actually fucking contribute I always kind of felt like uh, River was good with he was like worked out really well with me you Zach and him the four of us always did pretty good yeah and it could work so i don't mind that so basically uh and i know it'd be kind of a crime not to do t2 with todd river right because that 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 movie i know resonates with him as well so would you want to do one of those movies or something uh maybe like uh would you want to do like a terminator 2 with us josh yeah i do i do t2 for sure especially okay. since i just saw it in the theater again not too long ago and Oh, and I've seen that movie a hundred times. Like I don't have to watch it again. I it, I'm more I'm more connected to T two than I am to the first one. So okay, and I think T one is right up Goat's Alley. It works out great. And uh, I guess Williams a big RoboCop guy. RoboCop dude is fu- the first one's awesome, man. That that could work with. Oh yeah, yeah. So anyway, that's uh, we still need to do Return of the Living Dead with uh, with William too. And I also and. You know, with the idea of three being the magic number, I'm also keeping in mind that we might have four. Because, like, you know, I want to, we want to include Mac too. So that's why it's like, you know, when certain, when if somebody wants to be on all of them, it's like, man, we might have Mac to think about. Plus, we got River. Like, we definitely can't have five. That's not going to happen. That would be a fucking shit show. But. Oh, we're at the How's My Mole scene. How's My Mole? And I didn't get that when I was a kid. Now I do. He's trying to, you know, he worships Val Kilmer. But the Bruce Wayne. Yeah, I always thought like. Did he always have a mole and I just never noticed it? <laughs> yeah, I thought it was just a weird throwaway line. How's my mole? How's my mole? Amazing. And which is weird because that's like something you identify with Val Kilmer, not Bruce Wayne. Because it's not like every Bruce Wayne and all these sequels have had a mole there. It's just a Val Kilmer thing. And it's really odd to bring that up. They're fucking trying to make us think we're crazy. No, uh, Bruce Wayne always had a mole. Fucking Michael Heaton, he has that mole. That's the... Amazing. How, Val Kilmer didn't do the Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger had a mole just like that, and he got it removed before he got into movies. Val Kilmer was like, hey, that's yeah. my signature, I guess. It's a beauty mark, man. Yeah, it, it was a cancerous. Why did he get rid of it? No, I just, I, <laughs> I just, no, I just think it was an aesthetic thing. It was totally aesthetic. See, what if, uh, like, if I ever meet Arnold Schwarzenegger, I'm going to get, like, a little thing, like, draw, like, a little fucking, like, like a, a toy that's flesh-colored, draw a dot on it, say, like, hey, uh, you know, uh, I, I pride myself on getting all of your, uh, all your memorabilia, and I actually have your mole that you removed. By the way. Can you sign it? Me and Wazell just recorded Predator commentary, so that's coming down nice. the pipeline. That's cool. That's Aww. the first show that he's done on the show, my show, already a horror commentary podcast. Um, since Zach and I and Wazell did Shining, Shining, like a year and a half ago. So, hell yeah, a triumphant return, and we had a really good time doing that. It was a lot of fun. Well, that's cool. Uh, yeah, man. Zach had a good idea too. Uh, so, I, I guess we need to gear up and do our cinema enema, right? Because you want to do it on coffin Joe, but Zach had the idea and it's a great idea to change the format a little bit. Like we don't have to just do movies. Let's actually make it topical. Like we can do a whole trilogy of movies. We can do a whole franchise that can be a discussion. And is that what we're doing for the coffin Joe? Or are we just going to talk about all 
the movies in one show. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I should, yeah. are they in the box? I should probably start getting to watching those because it's about time. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, and, and I thought, remember I had this idea back in the day, Josh, I think cinema enema is the perfect vehicle for the Hellraiser one versus two discussion. I pitched a couple Halloweens ago. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I, I think about that all the time. I think that was a solid idea that we kind of forgot about, you know? Well, I didn't know where it fit in, but like cinema anima, that's exactly where it fits in. So instead of just doing a movie, like we can, the, the subject can be more of a topic. Hellraiser 1 versus Hellraiser 2. Uh, I also wanted to do the Alien 3 versions, the variants, the producer's cut versus the, like that's where we should do that shit. So um, I 100% that we alternate uh, choosing what the topic is. So Zach, we're doing Coffin Joe this time, but the next one if uh, you want to come on for that, I think we should do the Hellraiser 1 to 2 discussion. That's what I want to do. We can watch the fucking Joe Bob versions of both. Yeah, I got to watch that, the Hellraiser 2. I saw the Hellraiser 1 on his marathon. That was a good show. That was a lot of fun. The, the newest one, the finale, they had yeah Doug Bradley and Ashley Lawrence. Yeah, on. That, was, that was really good. Ashley Lawrence is still a babe. Totally. I, I'm looking forward to watching that because I just want to hear... I'm always interested in hearing what people's opinions are about that movie because, like I said, it is kind of split, and I'm I'm just on its own. Maybe it's an okay movie, but it just doesn't serve the first one at all. Uh, but no, yeah, and I think that would be cool. Maybe, maybe if Josh you wanted to do that, maybe Goat would want to come on. I, maybe we could experiment because with a a topic like that, that's not a commentary. And Goat's really cool. Goat isn't somebody that um, I don't think would be messy. He doesn't over talk. He's really informative like you, Josh. Have you listened to any of, any of his shit? I have not. I have no Movie idea. Movie Graveyard who the, Podcast? I have no idea who he is. Okay, Movie Graveyard Podcast. He's come on our show a handful of times in recent months. Uh, but he's How'd you guys get hooked up with that guy? He used to be a part of uh, Exploited Cinema. Oh, okay. So he's an old schooler. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I well, you. and I, I think you and him are a lot alike in, in the way you guys podcast, because he'll do commentaries, too. And he's very informative. He really stays on the movie. So I think you guys would get on well, especially if we had a discussion like that. And we were talking Hellraiser. So I think we should try that if you'd be down. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sure, man. We, we do them once a month. So we're a little bit more flexible with those as far as aligning people's schedules. And we still got to do Zach's here. Like, I want to do it in the next week or so. So we'll try and see. But it'll be a while. Whatever happened to uh, Deep End, dude? Uh, we ha- we had one a little while back uh, with the I think Zach was was it with the COVID shit? I don't even remember. I don't remember. The thing is, is I I almost did one when all this shit with the rioting started, but I'm like, this is just low hanging fruit. I didn't want to do it. I'm like, I'm not doing yeah, it. No, I feel you on that because it's like at this point. We could honestly have a, a deep end every week with all the bullshit that happens, and I'm just tired of hearing about it, so I don't want to talk about it. So yeah, no, no, you have a good point. There's so much drama going on right now. It's yeah, so it's like I, 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 because it felt like so easy to do it. Why not doing it? Right. Val Kilmer said of the film, "I've done an absurdly commercial cartoon, and now I'm more likely to get hired for a job I couldn't get hired for before because I hadn't done enough movies." It's so rare when an actor gets hired because he's right for the role. It just doesn't figure into it that often. That's shitty. I had no idea. I watched a documentary about him, ironically, like just a couple of weeks ago, and he was a big comedy guy, and I had no idea. He really got to start in comedy, so... I didn't know, know that. <clears throat> yeah, I mean... How did you not know that? Well, he did a fucking uh, Top Secret. I-, I thought we were talking about Tommy Lee Jones. 
I, I bet Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer. Oh, Val Kilmer. Yeah, okay. Tommy Lee Jones was in fucking, like, exploitation flicks when he started. Was he one of the rapists? Some grindhouse stuff. Last House on the Left? He should have been. You know what's crazy? Of all the Tommy Lee Jones movies I've seen, there's a lot, because he's been in a lot of movies, I I always think about um, either The Fugitive or that really bad Steven Seagal movie. Um, oh, Under Siege. Under Siege, yeah. He's got that weird long shoulder length hair in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what a weird movie for him to be in, huh? Under Siege. It's a, it's, I love that movie, though. It's so fun. You know, like, I think we would have gotten around to doing that with um, that, that other podcast I was on, which shall not be named. Um, I think we probably would have done that pretty soon. But, yeah, I mean, he, I kind of liked him in that movie. That was, you know, not the best, but... I don't know. I, I always thought, and they had Under Siege 2, Dark Territory, where he's now on the train. Right? Because the first I, one was a... The first one... Wait, or am I getting it backwards? Wasn't one a boat? One was on the an aircraft carrier. Okay. And then the second one I never saw, so, yeah. I think it was, like, on a ship or something. Or maybe I'm thinking Speed 2. I don't give a fuck anymore. I'm so confused with all these shitty movies. Speed was a great film. The only movie I... Th- well, Marked for Death is a pretty good movie. But the only other movie I, I really like that actually has Steven Seagal is, and it's not because of Steven Seagal, is Executive Decision, right? And, and even in that, Steven Seagal fucking eats it early into the movie, like 20 minutes into the movie. Um, He's not in any good movies. Executive Decision is good. You get Kurt Russell and you got John Leguizamo in a supporting role, and that's where their beef comes from, right? When you hear John Leguizamo in interviews talking about uh, his disdain for Seagal and how they... You know, got into each other's face and shit. He talks so. He, there's so many YouTube videos where he's doing interviews, talking shit on Seagal, and it's from doing executive decision because he said that guy just acted like his shit didn't stink. Everybody was underneath him. He was a fucking tool. Um, and we should uh, make a uh, cover band and call it a flock of Seagals. Um, yeah, he had that solo album. He had that <laughs> blues album. He wanted to be a musician for a while there. And he, and I remember Conan O'Brien was reading the back of his CD back in his old late night days. And he was just kind of making a mockery of the, the names and the song. Like there was literally a, a song called my ass, your face or something like what you're, or no, your ass, my face. It was really fucking weird, uh, but it, he wanted to do reality TV. He was lawman. You guys remember that? Uh, he's the epitome of, of yeah. douchebag, dude. That guy's such a giant douche. Um, they just let him be a cop in your neck of the woods in Arizona. What is, was it Arizona? Yeah. Oh, I don't even remember. Really? Who was the cor- the corrupt fucking uh, sheriff or whatever that like went to jail, but then Trump pardoned him? Sheriff Joe. Yeah, or Pio. Yeah. Like, listen, Johnny. Like, uh, like uh, the only reason I bought the first season of that show was because you and Corey G made it sound fucking hilarious when you talk about <laughs> it. He's like, yeah, he, he basically talks it. If he's talking to, like, a minority, like a, a Mexican guy, he'll be like, yo, SC, what's up? What's up, yo, SC? And if there's a black guy, he'll be like, oh, Johnny, pull the car. If there's a black guy coming into the town, I got to go check on him, Johnny. <laughs> and then he'd go up to the back, black guy and be like, now, hey. Hey, how's it going on? He'd be like, "Hey, hey, man, what's up, yo? You know what I'm saying?" Is it like, is it <laughs> like, technically blackface if it's the top of your head and your goatee? Hell yes, dude. He's got the worst piece in history. It's the worst. It's like spray painted on too, dude. How is that fucking dude not canceled yet? <laughs> Considering all the crazy sexist 
fucking bullshit he does. Because he has no career anyway. <laughs> yeah, he's done. Remember when he actually got to host Saturday Night Live in the 90s? When I guess he was peak? I don't and know. I heard... I've heard in various different little interviews around, you know, from the era of, you know, asking cast members, like, what was the worst, what was the worst show, worst host? And it's come up a couple of times. Steven Seagal was the worst mm-hmm. to work with and everything. Basically, he didn't have a funny bone in his body. He was real hard to work with. Um, he was really hard to bounce off of. He just didn't have it. So, and he insisted he play guitar because like, he's like in the monologue, he's playing guitar with the band. Yeah. He's a douchebag. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He's yeah. Screams douchebag. Giant douchebag. Yeah. Did he make up his own version of like Taekwondo or something? Aikido. Doesn't he do Aikido? I don't know what he does. Something like that. Yeah. And like you watch him do it and it's very like, it's very stage looking. He's like, just like barely karate chopping people and they're falling down and shit. I always liked their, the feud between the, it might've been manufactured or whatever the feud between him and Van Damme, but I guess it stemmed from a party, you know, and Van Damme's told the story. I'm pretty sure of uh, Steven Seagal's told the story, but I mean, now I mean, no one would give a shit about that fight, but uh, I'd still pay to see it. He made up a ton of lies about um, sparring with Bruce Lee and shit. It's like the the timeline doesn't match up at all. Like he, the ages of them and stuff. Like it doesn't make any sense. It's a complete fucking lie that he got busted on. You know. So what is his uh, what is his official background? Because clearly he had some kind of background to where somebody said, "Hey, it'd be a good idea to put this guy in a movie." Because if you because if you don't have a background. Nothing about this guy screams action star. Hey, he wasn't built. Quick, he wasn't muscular. He kind of had a unique look, but real quick, but, could you fuck Nicole Kidman? If you're wearing that suit, do you need a condom at that point? Black rubber. I just love that he threw on the fucking bat suit to get laid. Great. Amazing. Is this where he smiles and it became a meme twenty years later? Is that yeah, is that <laughs> like a fucking one piece suit, by the way? Is there like a seam to pull the pants down? I never noticed it. Just gotta take the uh How does he put it on? Take the cod piece off and you're good to go, right? Oh yeah. It, I can't I can't remember. Is it in both this is it this movie where both he smiles and he does the weird mm. thumbs up? I don't know. Or is the thumbs up a different one? You ever see that movie, uh, The Killing of a Sacred Deer, where she's married to fucking uh, Colin Farrell and he's got this weird kink where he likes to fuck her while she's playing a dead body or something? That's weird. No, I I almost watched it yesterday. Actually, but uh, no. That's the weirdest fucking movie. Instead, I watched this other indie flick called Sweet Virginia with John Bernthal and that weirdo from the, the show Girls on HBO. And it had there it uh, is. What? Yeah, that that's the fucking. <laughs> <laughs> it's really weird. Yeah, that's that meme. it was made for meme. Yeah, that's meme tastic. Well, and you know what's funny is I almost had like a uh, what do you call it Mandela effect because. It had been a while since I saw this movie, but I knew that as a meme. And I'm like, oh, man, they just photoshopped that. And then when I saw the movie and he really did it, I'm like, oh, he fucking did this? Didn't you just want to come on his face when he did it? No, but. Oh, look, they got Andre Toulon's secret formula there. Who? From a uh, fucking puppet master. Oh. That's what they shoot into the puppets to reanimate them. How could they see that? They could see his memories. See, uh, like he had, he made this invention. It sucks their memories out. Like that was a nice side effect of the TV uh, invention he was making. I like that. It, like sucks them out, and it, they at least they've got like good cinematography on their memories and shit. Hey, at what point did the idea to spray paint his hair like bright orange come into play, or whatever the hell color that is? 
That's just what you do on a weekend. I was probably, they didn't even come up with that. He just showed up. I went for Halloween as as Jim Carrey's Riddler, like during when this movie was in theaters and shit. Because like I said, I, I never got to see it in theaters, so the hype was real. I was excited for it and all that stuff. I had gotten some of the toys. I had you, you know, get your ass kicked by all the old school TV show fans. No, Riddler? dude, it was one of those things too. Where uh, back in those days, my mom made my costumes, so. She, and it was shitty now that I think about it. Like literally she went and bought me a, it wasn't even green. She bought me, she probably looked for green and couldn't found it, but she bought me a sweatsuit, just sweatshirt and sweatpants. And she got black and then, but then she got like the hot glue and stuff. And she did green riddle marks all over it with like green glitter and shit. And so the effort was there and we bought like some kind of shitty Zorro type mask, but we cut it down to look thin, kind of like the Riddler. And then she spray painted my hair with some shitty orange paint. And I went to school. That was back in the days when you go to school dressed up as your costume. And I thought it was so cool, but I probably wasn't. I didn't see the movie until they call you bootleg Riddler. I mean, he already was a bootleg Riddler, a bootleg bootleg Riddler. But I, I didn't see the movie until the next year. Cause back in the day for anybody that's young listening, they usually wanted to time a home video release with a holiday, typically, or something. Like Christmas a lot of the time. So it would take a year for the shit to come out. The wait was real back in the day, right? And mm-hmm. uh, so 96 is when the movie came out, I believe, on video. And I used up my allowance and I bought it at a mall. And I probably paid like fucking 30 bucks for it or something ridiculous. And I took it home and watched it. You know what I thought uh, recently? Wouldn't that be great if this whole COVID thing just brings forth the rebirth of the drive-in theater? Well, we've already, I thought we already talked about that, or I know I've thought about it, but I don't think it would ever, I don't, people think about it. People have to be ready for a pandemic to hit because that stuff has to be prepared because there's not, there's not very many drive-in theaters that exist today for them to capitalize on this sudden event of a pandemic. Exactly. Just tear all the fucking walls down of your AMC and make it a drive-in. All come again. Well, our drive-in, we have one like 15 miles away. Um, they were open, but and they were probably doing good business. But obviously, movies weren't putting their films. So they were playing old movies, like classics only, double features of classics. So, Which is funny because you still got to like, uh, you know, get uh, permission to show movies in a big uh, setting like that. That's what that warning at the beginning of the Blu-ray is telling you. Well, but I but I think they were getting all the permission in the world because they weren't losing money on showing Ferris Bueller 30 years later. Betas. Like, yeah, sure. Like, sure. You guys can play Ferris Bueller's Day Off and next to the babysitter. Or, sorry, uh, Breakfast Club. That's fine. But they didn't want to like lose a bunch of money putting Wonder Woman 2 out. Right during the pandemic, they've already spent their money on fucking Ferris Bueller, so it's all just profit at this point, anyway. I've still never been to a drive-in. We have one. I've meant to go to it a few times. I've, oh man, they're the best. Yeah, I gotta go. I gotta go. And uh, you do. Yeah, you do need to go. The first movie I ever saw at the drive-in was uh, Disney's Robin Hood when it came out back in the day. Like 1985? Or, well, it was probably like a re-showing, actually, now I think about it. but Because I think it was before I was born that it came out. I saw an amazing double feature with Daddy Daycare and Holes with Shia LaBeouf at a drive-in. Okay. I never amazing. Seen, don't think I've seen either one of those. Uh, Beta! I'm trying to look when Robin Hood came out. Disney. 
73. So while this is the first appearance of Robin in the series, both the previous films had uh, Robin appear in early drafts of the script. Kiefer Sutherland had been offered the role in Batman 89, but turned it down. Uh, Marlon Wayans had actually signed on and done the costume test for the role of Batman Returns. Dude, 1989 Kiefer, even in that year, would have been a terrible Robin. I would have queefered his Sutherland. That's a... That's a queefered? Oh, yeah, queefer. Fucking terrible. I just hate Robin. I, I don't think he's ever good. And I kind of like that Batman Returns never incorporated him like they wanted it to. Because I think he's just... Batman doesn't need help. Why does he need somebody else? We all need a helping hand. We all need a helping hand, Aaron. Okay, so this is uh, the only scene in the movie we get some Bruce Wayne backstory, right? Yeah, apparently in the original cut, this was way more extended. And uh, the way they cut it, like I hear the way they cut it in the final version really kind of fucks up plot points. Like uh, whenever he says to uh, Nicole Kidman here in a minute, like he says, like, oh, I killed him. Like in the original cut, he was talking about uh, fucking Robin's acrobatic family. But the way this cut is done, it makes it look like he's talking about his own parents. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. So I guess it is a, a theme in this. I didn't think about that. But that's why I like Batman Returns so much, because that's the only fucking Batman movie where they don't touch the backstory and the parents being dead. I always remember this shot. Yeah, it's interesting. It's, it's effective. Yeah, like they don't have to. They don't have to retread this story every fucking time they make a Batman movie. Like, we get it. There was, like, a weird shot in the trailer that was never in the movie that showed, like, Batman standing next to that flying bat like that. I remember. Something like that. It's in the trailer. Hey, which uh, which movies, Josh, was it proposed? It was either a potential idea for Batman Returns, or maybe it was one of the Nolan ones. Which one had proposed Man Bat? Didn't Tim Burton want to do Man Bat? I don't know, man. I don't remember that. I, I, think, I think Tim Burton wanted to do Man Bat. Um, and that was just a hard stop. Is that a real thing? Yeah. That sounds like you're just making something up. It kind of does. But I think that was like a hard stop from the studios as far as the proposed. Fucking comic books are dumb. I'm just joking. I'm just fucking Josh and you, Josh. Shitting on the comic books because you the comic book aficionado. Well, I mean, some some uh, obscure characters would be fun, but I guess they're just not. Actually, uh, Man Bat's a, like a legit um, villain. Yeah, apparently, but I'm not that too too familiar with it. So, well, it's a very original idea in a comic <clears throat> book about Batman to have Man Bat. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Maybe that's exactly why they didn't go with it. Who knows? Exactly. Fuck it. I uh, they should make it pajamas of the Riddler. I'd buy them. That's a cool outfit. He's got like three outfits in the movie. Did you ever notice that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The movie he's got that weird silver one. Batman has different. Uniform. He's got a different suit for when he's using the bat boat or whatever the fuck it is at the end of the movie. Amazing. Right? He's got a different, like, he's, it's weird because his, I don't know if it's intentional. They never address it. But when he switches to the bat boat and he's got more of a silver costume, the top of his hat, his helmet, his fucking cow, it has a blowhole. I'm like, is that supposed to be because you're in the water? <laughs> look at it. It's got a weird blowhole. Is it, is it because you're now in the bat boat and it's supposed to be themed as like a mariner? I don't go. So, I don't fucking know, but it's really stupid. It's, he's half bat, half dolphin at that point. And so that his cummies can shoot out of there. Yeah. So what have you watched lately, Josh? That's been cool. We haven't talked to you in a while. What, uh, what's what been tickling your fancy? I watched um, Upload on Prime, Amazon Prime. That was actually pretty fucking cool, man. I liked it. 
Who's um, in that? Who's in, I've seen upgrade that. Upgrade or upload? No, upload. I've seen it advertised. Who's in it? Oh. Nobody would know. It's a bunch of no-name actors, but it's an interesting take on technology and, you know, um, the soul and what it means to be alive or dead or heaven and hell and all that shit. I thought it was pretty cool. I liked it. Um, you can binge it in a night. Uh, Is it a TV show? It's episodic uh, show. Yeah, it's just a regular show on uh, Prime. Is it like that? Is it like that uh, episode of Black Mirror? It's got a little Black Mirror vibes in it, but you know, it's its own thing. It's, uh, it's actually, yeah, they did that with an episode of the the, the newest season of X Files too. The fucking uh, one of the guys that used to be part of that group. That they also had that spinoff show, The Lone Gunman. Mm-hmm. He was in like a computer simulation uh, afterlife, and he was trying to get Mulder like, "Get me out of here! It's fucking terrible here!" or something like that. It's pretty cool. I mean, they try to ground it in stuff that you can recognize. Like, okay, so it's like uh, 2033 in the future or something like that. And you could see maybe the progression from now until then. And so it's not completely alien, uh, which will probably end up dating the show down the line. But I thought, you know, it's, it's there's a romance in there. It's it's really more of a romance than anything. But um, the characters were cool. The characters had the two main characters, uh, a guy and a girl. They had chemistry. Uh, I thought it was pretty well acted. And special effects were a little... Yeah, there was a little, you know, I'm sure they were working on a fixed budget, but I thought they did a really good job on the show, and I, I really liked it. Um, oh, did you see his fucking uh, moose knuckle there? You <laughs> see his cock poking out? Like, he did that cool little staff twist, which apparently he broke a lot of furniture in his uh, in his uh, trailer uh, practicing that. And uh, fucking, he had a nice little fucking mold going. That was cock. Yeah, I think it weighed a good bit. I think it was like 30 pounds or something I heard him quoting. His cock I, or the fucking no, the, cane. The, the cane. I knew you were going to comment it because I saw that at the same time you mentioned it. Like he's going to fucking just wait three, two, one, <laughs> moose knuckle or whatever. It's nice. No, don't kill him. Anything else, Josh? Uh, Ozark. Me and my girlfriend binge watched that. That was fucking awesome. I started watching that recently too. That new season's really good. Uh, yeah, we really enjoyed that. It was a lot of fun. Um, there's been some other stuff. I've uh, seen a few movies. I don't know. Probably do some reviews here pretty soon for some stuff that I watched and I need to catch up on. But um, what's that? Uh, oh man, Kristen Stewart movie, the Leviathan ripoff. Oh, um, it looks like shit. That underwater, underwater. Thing. underwater yeah, it was. It oh, was, it's actually uh, called Underwater. Okay. Yeah. Terrible. It's uh, it's very meh. Um, I'll talk about that probably. Yeah. I, I'm still. I need to watch uh, Invisible Man. Been dying to watch that and haven't gotten she, around to it yet. But Kristen Stewart just—they announced that she's going to play Princess Die, dude. She has no acting range. Why are they giving her these roles? She's a shit actress. Yes, dude. I was just thinking that today. It's like she's the same. She's so wooden character in, in every movie. Yeah, she's very wooden, dude. I literally I close my eyes. And I just listen, and I can't tell her from fucking Ice T. The acting is so wooden. Mm. They're the same person. I've only actually seen her in one movie, and I, I thought she was okay. It was that Runaways biopic where she played Joan Jett. Well, and that was an ensemble movie, too. So maybe it wasn't as apparent because she was sharing the cat, you know, because she, you know what? She, she wasn't playing, she was playing Joan Jett, and somebody else played Sherry Curry, right? I, I didn't see it. Fucking Dakota Fanning was playing. Dakota her, Fanning. Yeah. But dude, like her as Princess Die, can anybody see that? 
I don't even remember who Princess Die is. You uncultured fucking swine. <laughs> really? No, not really. She died though, right? The Princess of Wales, dude. Really? You never opened a history book? That shit was no. not that stuff made up. That was the 9/11 of 1997, her dying. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, that was a huge huge deal. Um I blame the protesters. They're tearing down all the statues. No, I don't remember history. <laughs> Way to keep it topical. All right. Exactly. (laughs) That's pretty funny. Look at that. They even had a little thing built in so that whenever he put his fucking question mark over it, it turned green. Dang. Let let me see the movies I've watched. I've been watching a lot of movies lately. Um, Not all very good. Dude, I've actually watched a few Disney movies on Disney Plus, too, that I've never seen. Dude, I tried watching that Rock Race to Witch Mountain. Oh, it's terrible. Dude, one star. Yeah, I didn't even know they remade that. What the? It is shit. It is so bad. I saw that back when I was in the military. They they were playing it like the... It's that old? The, the, the rec center or whatever we had going on. It was like, yeah, it's, it's pretty old, man. And it was like, I was like... It's it's 11 years old. Yeah. It's like a movie for 10-year-olds. It's, it's terrible. But it's just not... Dude, I've seen better movies for 10-year-olds. It's just not cohesive. Um... It's just a mess. I fucking hate it. And it wasn't fun in the least bit. It's not cohesive. Yeah. You got to bring that meme back. So, yeah, that was a fucking one star at best. Um, I, I, I watched Ratatouille because I'd never seen that. I really liked that for a Pixar movie. I think that's one people forget about as far as Pixar. They don't bring it up anymore. But I think it's one of my favorites. Um, I watched that. Fucking I watched Murder in the Front Row, that uh, documentary on the San Francisco Bay Area thrash scene which is uh, really good murder in the front row exodus yeah no that was iron maiden murder in the front row oh well they're, they're quoting exodus uh their debut album bonded by blood it's in the title they suck though anyway uh hogzilla i watched that part of the joe bob that was a f- mm-hmm. amazing that was a chore man i mean the only reason to watch it was the commentary segments between joe bob but other than that it just it, it it wasn't worth it still. That was a fucking brilliant two out of ten film. I wish I could go back and just fast forward and just watch the segments because I nothing happens in that movie. A load of nothing happens on screen either. It's fucking terrible. Nothing happens in life. Yeah, that was a half a star, and I'm only giving it a half a star because I had to give it something. Uh, I finally got around to watching Rise of Skywalker. That movie's kind of shitty. Was, yeah, I was. I mean, Terrible. it was it was shit. I don't know. I might have given it like two. Hey, you could see some of his skin. They didn't uh, color around his eyes completely good. Yeah, it is kind of weak. See that? Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, I saw it. Um, fuck boys. I watched Don't Fuck With Cats. Finally, <laughs> Zach kept uh, pitching that. What'd you think of that? I I liked it a lot. It was, and I, I like how it wasn't cumbersome. It was only three parts, and they were like an hour piece. It wasn't like a making a murderer where it was like 10 installments and it was going to be a real investment. So I, I, I watched it a night and it was really cool. That shit got fucked up. Yeah, it was really disturbing, man. Uh, that was really, if you haven't seen that, Josh, I would watch that. I watched I gave it 10 out of 10. I watched a couple uh, trying to fill the backlog of Clint Eastwood movies I haven't seen. And I watched a couple. They had like a Clint Eastwood sale on Voodoo, so I bought a couple of the flicks that. Well, I bought some of the ones I really love, and I bought a couple of the ones I never seen. I that reminds me real quick. Clint Eastwood did show uh, some, like he did seem to want to play uh, fucking uh, Harvey Dent originally, and the they didn't cast him. He wanted to play him in this movie. Apparently, yeah. I can't see that, but. Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood can do anything he puts his mind to. The thing is, is Clint Eastwood. 
I don't think he has bad movies, but he's capable of greatness, and he's got really just middle-of-the-road, not great movies either, you know? Uh, so one of the movies, Pink Cadillac, I watched that. I'd never seen it before. That's just like a 5 out of 10. It's just kind of boring. It's not that good. But then I watched Pale Rider, which was great. I'd never seen Pale Rider. I was really good. But Clint Eastwood always shines in Westerns. Um, I watched that Just Mercy movie because, you know, during the whole Black Lives Matter thing, they made a lot of these movies that are centered around that type of thing, free to rent or like dirt ass cheap to buy. Like I just bought it. It was like $1.99 for the 4K. And I was like, okay, I'll buy it or free to rent. And that's new. That was pretty good. Uh, it, Dude, they're playing Battleship on a big fucking dank ass Riddler version of the, the board game. Yeah. Did they ever sell this version? I want to know. I finally watched American Werewolf in London because I had never seen that. And I know Zach loves it. I, I enjoyed that. And I, I, I was in a wolf mood and I revisited the Jack Nicholson wolf movie. Not as good, but but it's... Did you get, did you ever see that, Josh? Oh, yeah. I saw the theater. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's not bad. It's more of a drama than it is anything else you know not bad not great i think i gave it like a six out of ten i think it i think it would have been less if it wasn't for the over the top performances because like james spader's Mm. so fucking he plays a good sleazeball he always has and his performance is so fucking over the top to where some people might call it bad i'm like i thought it was a highlight um but it was it was interesting but yeah yeah, I love the scene where um, Jack Nicholson pisses on his shoes in the bathroom. Mark in my territory. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 not a bad little movie, but it's not. There's not a lot of theatrics in it. So. And I was watching uh, it. And I'm like, I can't, I can't believe that Jack Nicholson and Michelle Pfeiffer, circa 1995, agreed to do this movie because it feels like a B movie. Yeah, it is. It feels like a B movie with a budget. It's a weak script. I I feel like you know. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it in a really long time, so maybe it looks different to me now. But it, it, the 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 wolf aspect really does seem secondary, and but it's but it does feel like a B movie. And I feel like if it didn't have the A list talent attached to it, maybe people would be a little kinder to it. But it it feels so weird because it feels like a B movie that had A listers in it, and I think it had. A fifty, a pretty high budget, but I guarantee you, it all went to the pockets. Well, that dude, you're like, um, you know, Jack Nicholson as a, a werewolf. Like, yes, I'm in. Like, that's a slam dunk, and it's just not a slam dunk at all. You know, it ain't slam dunk, Ernest. But it's su- but mm-hmm. it's surprisingly, but it's surprisingly trying to pay homage in its style. You know, it's 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 like a B movie. It's trying to pay homage to old werewolf movies. Like, it's not even trying to be. If that movie came out 10 years later, it'd be crazy CGI, it'd be a big blockbuster, it'd be a Wolfman that had $200 million and it was going after the Transformers crowd. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just kind of an interesting movie. It's worth watching. Here's that line. Holy rusted metal Batman. See, look, he's got a fucking blowhole on his head. Look at it. Oh, look at it. See it? Oh, yeah. Why has he got a fucking blowhole? <laughs> Did you see it? So that he can spurt cum. Yeah, I never noticed that before. Yeah, I it all I've always noticed it, and it's just like I don't get it. He has to accessorize, and he has to be in sequence. I go, I'm going out in the boat today, girls. I gotta get my fish <laughs> outfit. He's amazing. It's fucking stupid. He's a fucking. He's a stud. Yeah, it's dumb. See, this movie it does fucking it does drag. This is the sh- I heard this is the shortest Batman movie. And it it, it it seems like a, a, quite a bit could have been cut out of the movie. Hey, Josh just sent us a poster for uh, Cockraiser. He'll tear your hole apart. 
Fuck yes. That's a pretty good uh, tagline. <laughs> but wait, why does the cock razor look like he's totally drawn on next to real actresses? Like, it's like an animated. It's like somebody just did some watercolor. I think the little pins of his head are like little dildos, too, which is pretty sweet. They're weird little penises. It's fucking weird. Um, anyway. They should make a cock razor movie. Like, a, it's a cock ring you put on, and then it turns into a razor. A cock razor, and then you, you can't take it off. That'd be fucking terrifying. I'll wow. tear your whole apart. What's terrifying is we actually only have 15 minutes left in the movie. I'm going to go ahead and read questions and comments. It's perfect time for that. I mean, this, what else can we say about this movie? It's all flash. I, I don't think it's I don't think it's like a terrible movie. I can watch it, but it's not a good movie. And I, you know, it's still not good. People always, I think, rate this a little higher than it should be. Just and it's only because it comes next to a real turd, which is Batman and Robin. So it makes it look better. But I think an F is still an F. Whether or not it's sitting next to an F minus, it's not an F, dude. It's not. An F. I don't mean. I don't mean that li- literally, but it's still not a good movie. I don't. It's it, a six out of ten. I'd say this is probably like a. I don't know. It's a five out of ten. It's a C. It's a C plus. You know what I mean? Which which a C is middle of the road, right? I think it's a five out of ten, and that's really because if I can watch a movie and I get something out of it, in this case, nostalgic value, it's at least a five out of ten. But it, but it's not a great movie. Um, let me see here. Uh, are you guys doing an exploited cinema? Have you guys talked about that? Should I be? Re- I'm still not reading those comments, Zach. Nope. Okay, so I'll save those for you guys. Uh, on Henry Portrait of the Serial, kill- serial Killer, uh, a commenter by the name of Bloodless RVC. He's been commenting a lot, and I think he's pretty new. He says he well. He quotes the movie Otis Plug It In. Then he says, "So years ago in the early 2000s, I went to a store in the mall to buy a brand new horror DVD for my collection, and I came across this. My only knowledge of this film was from a documentary on the Sci-Fi Channel called Masters of Horror. When I brought this movie to the counter, the girl ringing up my movie started reading the back, and I remember it taking a little longer than it should have. She looked at me strange and gave me my film. Yeah, I, I still think to this day it's it's. What are you monitoring my purchase? You fucking whore." It's it's one of the only movies that still it makes me uneasy, right? That especially the camcorder scene. It's all very disturbing. Uh, let's see. Oh, I would fuck Jim Carrey right here. That's a total gozer look right there. It really yeah. is. It really is, man. Yeah. The po- yeah. Let's see. Uh, Scream Two commentary. Mendoza comments. He suggests again. Could you guys do a cruising? A commentary. We've brought it up, and I know he suggests to get. So eventually, we got to do cruising. Let us get through cyborg exploitation, Adrian, and then I think we owe it to you to do cruising. But I think Zach said he wants to. That's a good cinema enema, right? Is that what you said, or am I dreaming that? That was one I had, but he wants it for a thing. We can. You should just watch. You should watch it first, so that okay, we you know it going in. All right, so we'll do it in some regard. Let us get through um, cyborg exploitation, and then we'll try and make good on that. But he says uh, Scream 2 as well. Um, at the 1 hour 23 minute mark, 50 seconds, he's uh, agreeing with Mac on something. He says, oh, I hear you, Mac. I hear you loud and clear. Oh, it's when we were talking about pre-cum. <laughs> he's like, oh, I hear you, Mac. I hear you loud and clear. I'm on the side that there is semen in pre-cum because it tastes like semen. <laughs> Fuck yes. Okay. <laughs> See, I got such a huge sperm count. If like you fucking, you gotta swallow my load before you can even fucking think about. You gotta, you gotta chew my load before you can even think about swallowing. It is what I mean. Bloodless <laughs> RVC. Blood, is it like cottage cheese, man? Curdle milk. 
mm-hmm. so thick with with uh, seed. Bloodless RVC again. He comments on Scream One. He says, "Oh, and I love this comment. And this is how I know he's new to the channel because he says, what's wind with this Zach guy always talking about dicks?'" And oh yeah, and I I almost comment the age old question, man. I almost responded to it too. I'm like, man, we've been trying to figure that out for years now. Uh, but I'm just saying what everybody's thinking. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. On the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Green with Evil Saga, uh, we had Carlos Arjon. He says, I was really fucking happy to see y'all tackle this. Tommy is a bit overrated in my opinion, but anyway, I'm glad y'all decided to do robots, Robo Exploitation Month 2, Cyborg Exploitation. After hearing y- uh, y'all say you were interested, I decided to finally check out Dark Fate. And that sure is a movie. He says, eh, I'd rather stick to my head cannon. Oh, sorry, what? I'd rather stick my head cannon connecting four. I don't know what that sentence is weird. Four franchises in one way like they should have done in the eight. Okay, he wishes they would have stuck to, to a cannon clear. Yeah, that movie, that franchise got all fucked up. He says the T-800 is molded after Schwarzenegger character Dutch from Predator being deemed one of the best special ops guys in the government. Dutch signs himself to the new Cyberdyne research. Is this like, oh, maybe this is like a fanfic? I guess I lost you along the way. He says, which is no longer Cyberdyne since this is the timeline that Sarah Connor destroyed it in T2. Skynet builds itself into a new cybernetics division called OCP. OCP develops RoboCop as their first delve into cyborgs. Then they go into making T-800s become the new Skynet. Then making Predator being connected to Terminator, connected to RoboCop, and Predator is connected to aliens. There you go. I... I Dang shit. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I... Would be down for that idea. Yeah, we need to get you hooked on phonics, Aaron. No, dude, it's I'm reading the comment as it is. It's fucking just, hooked on phonics. It's not me. No, but I get what you're trying to say. You gave us a pitch for your fanfic on how you would mesh all of these like sci-fi movies together. I don't know. I I just they they were great movies on their own. They just didn't stay great movies. No, but anyway, after his pitch, he goes dot 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 or Arnold could just shoot his hot load all over young Eddie Furlong like in American History X. Now that's what I'm talking about. Eddie Furlong never got a load shot on him in American History X, and Arnold wasn't in it either. What are you talking? I think you mean what's his face? Uh, the what's the guy? Ed Norton got raped in American History X, and he didn't get a load oh, shot on him. I was under the impression he got he got filled up. Anyway, gross. Hope all three of you can do uh, the solicitation. What solicitation? Anyway, I took way too much typing, too much time typing this out. Can't wait, as always. Uh, I, I guess I don't know what the question you're asking, man. Are you asking us to do? He's basically telling you you need to get hooked on phonics. Okay, maybe. All right. So, but yeah, I mean, if you're if you're requesting, he's I think he's looking forward to cyborg exploitation. We are too. So hopefully we get more of your comments uh, when we do those. Uh, Carlos Arjan, he also commented on Nightmare on Elm Street, the remake. He says... I can't believe this is the first commentary I got from y'all. How time flies, man. I'm going back and listening to these while I work, and it's odd how different Zach is, lol. It's like he was so fucking depressed at the thought of this flick. Uh, lol, the only thing that sucks is your Ninja Turtles commentary is blocked now, and I'm hoping you can find a way to put it back. So yeah, but that that comment was a lot more legible. I think the last comment was so long that you just made a lot... It just happens. But no, and... So I didn't find out till recently that the Turtles commentary was blocked in most territories. I was kind of wondering why, like, the numbers were stagnant the way they were, but I guess it got blocked a long-ass time ago. I tried asking Zach, hey, is there a way we can, like, 
just take the audio out because that's what's holding it up. I'm sure somebody claimed the audio and it got removed. But he's like, "Hey, it's on free feeds, bitches." Yeah, so, there's no way I could take it out now. Yeah, there, there's there's no way we could take it out. Yeah, so, um, I mean, we could always try and re-upload it, but if anything, it's it's on podcast services, man. So maybe that's the best we can do. I didn't know if Zach still had like the stems and shit. No, but yeah. Anyway, we'll we'll do, we'll do what we can. It's one of the only. Oh, here here's my favorite line. Yeah, this is where he gets somber. Thank you, thank you. What the fuck was he joking with him? Was he being facetious? <laughs> no, I think it's not. It's not him being facetious. This was like supposed to be his attempt at showing the split personality. I think, and it feels it feels like he's being facetious because you don't see it any other time in the movie, right? It's so uneven. Yes, of course. You're right, Bruce. Emotions are always an enemy of true justice. Thank you. You've always been a good friend. You know, you, Do you guys know what I'm saying? Am I crazy? I think that they were just uneven in their approach there, and it becomes off-putting. I think it's just amazing. Yeah. Uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Green with Evil Complete Saga. Will and Matt's excellent podcast. I've really enjoyed these last few commentaries. A lot of fun discussions to be had uh, related to the movie show you guys are watching and what it was like being a kid in the 90s. It looks creepy as fuck here. Yeah, he looks really weird. So this, whatever this was, made him age like 20 years? He looks like fucking like uh, something out of the head from MTV. Yeah. (laughs) He says, uh, really puts into perspective how much things have changed since the 90s. Yeah, man. Uh, I know Will. You're a lot younger than than me, and especially in Mac. Sorry, in Zach and everybody. Nineties uh, was a thing. I don't know. It's- the scene the, when he screams here it truly used to terrify me as a kid. Like when he just like I don't know like <laughs> like he does a good job pretending like he's scared. I guess. How did his head become like a weird round testicle? Like how did he gain all that bone structure? It's amazing. But uh, let's see. He, got, he gave him fucking uh, uh, the mask disease from uh, Rocky Dennis. Rocky Dennis. Uh, yeah. He had like that elephant man shit. Uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers again. Maxwell Unash. This is kind of a longer comment. So let me get through it, Zach. Uh, my bull stole my husband and I don't know how to deal with this. We started in this lifestyle about six months ago. I found a bull who I really liked and we got around, got along really well. Soon my husband joined in by watching and then he helped us a bit and got more involved. After some time, I started telling him to blow the bull to make him ready for me. And he didn't object at all. I was surprised by this, uh, that he didn't object. It led to me watching him blow the bull and the bull coming on his face or mouth. I wanted to take it further, so I asked the bull to fuck my husband. But we had to practice for that as a bull is on the bigger side. So I started fucking my husband with a strap on and we slowly progressed to the bull. It led to me watching the bull fuck him. I sent <laughs> I sent them on errands together to humiliate him. Uh, but they became friends afterward and I didn't mind. Yesterday, my husband told me that he wants a divorce. This literally came out of nowhere. I checked his phone, but found nothing, and I was lost as to why. I went to the bull's house and told him to talk to him, but he seemed reluctant to do that. He told me that my husband is dating him. I thought that that was a joke set up by them. It wasn't. He was serious about this, and now the both of them are dating. This is the dark side of cuckolding nobody told me about. I don't know what to say or how to feel. I can't even talk to anybody about this. I feel so embarrassed. See, I think I think this guy is trolling you because he realizes like he can write anything and you'll always read it on the show. No, I know he's dude. All his comments are like this, and they're always really funny. Oh, dude, I for a second he's clearly a guy and he's already talking from the perspective of a woman. I mean, I don't know why a guy would fuck their husband with a strap on, unless you got a tiny dick, I guess. 
No, it's funny. And yeah, it, that dark side of cuckolding. I mean, Zach would know all about that, but it's Amazing. a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pink Flamingos. This is in Spanish, so I can't read it. But by the way, man, your boy died. Pink Flamingos. Oh, yes. Yeah, man. So the guy, I guess he was unnamed for years, but the singing butthole, right? The, mm-hmm. the scene that I just thought was ridiculous. I I guess he just passed away and his wife said it was finally okay to reveal his name. Why is that a thing? She didn't want to reveal his name when he was alive because he didn't want to like tarnish any reputation because I guess he worked for the department. He worked for like the Department of Social Security. He worked for, he had a government job. So I guess. But so maybe it was about that and not really being ashamed of it. Be like, ah, oh, he's not dead anymore. Go ahead and reveal it. But yeah. See, that guy left his mark on the world. Like nobody's business. Like I'll never be remembered. Uh, but that guy He's the fucking singing butthole guy. Yeah. Uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers again. Blocko69. He says, do another Mac and Zach save the world and read comments because I'm a solid golden turd. I think he's left some cool comments. He's waiting for you guys to... He's waiting for you guys to do another show so you can address him. Yeah, we've recorded. We have like three stacked episodes, so we're not going to talk about comments in any of them (laughs) because we we got ahead. Be patient, uh, Blocko69. They will come. See, dude, people like it when we read the comments, man. So we, we can't stop. People love it. Even if they're like telling us about like bull cuckolding. It's fine. Uh, lastly, I'm going to read Encino Man. Uh, on Encino Man, listener by the name of Jan Mikhail Jarwinen. I'm really not sure if I said that right, but he says, thanks for the honest review and commentary of Encino Man. Right after listening to this, I put on your review of Son-in-Law. Uh, in my opinion, the two truly good Pauly Shore movies. I first watched Encino Man back in 94 to 95 on VHS and thought Stoney was instantly the best and coolest character in the whole film. Link's character right after him. Mind you, I was a 14 to 15 year old teenager at the time. I wasn't aware of Son-in-Law up until 2010-ish, but I enjoyed that movie almost as much as Encino Man. Now, I actually have watched Shore in the Ar- Shore's in the Army now. Oh, Jury Duty and Biodome, too. But I think Pauly Shore really lost his touch slash mojo after wa- wrapping up Son-in-Law. Cheers from the land above Stonia, guys. What uh, what country are you from, man? What's above Stonia? But, uh, Fuck yes. He, he could have hung out with Link back in the day. I think... I don't even think... I like Encino <clears throat> Man, but I don't even think it compares to Son-in-Law. Son-in-Law is head and shoulders his best movie. Everything after that was dog shit. Zach likes the crap that came after that, but it's all amazing. All right. Hey, we can't all like we can we all of our heroes can't be uh, make shitty movies like fucking Van Damme does, Aaron. I dude, I'm the first person to say Van Damme has more shitty movies than he has good movies at this point by a long. And Polly Shore. No, if he has Van Damme has way more shitty movies than he has good Shore. movies, right? No, than himself. Polly Shore. He only had a few movies, right? So all great films. It makes him look really bad because he what well, he did like what four or five movies, and he's got one great one and one good one. So it's just the odds are they're great. all Citizen Kane esque caliber. Yeah. Anyway, Josh, what do you want to pitch uh, coming up? I know you just got that Wazell episode you talked about. Yeah. So uh, you know, my show is if you're new to me being on the show over here, um, my show is called. Uh, the R-rated show on YouTube, and then you can also find my podcast on horrorphilia.com. It's called the R-rated horror commentary podcast. Um, oh. uh, yeah. So uh, Zach and and uh, Aaron have been on the show a whole bunch of times, and we're kind of like podcasting buddies. I think we've been going back and forth for like two or three years now. It's crazy. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah. So I got a new episode coming out soon for with uh for Predator. 
uh, commentary with uh, Matt Wazell, uh, my old show host. And uh, basically, if you just like what you heard here, go over to uh, our rated show on YouTube and subscribe and check out our content. And then uh, that's pretty much it, really. I mean, hell yes. And if you guys want an easy link to that, too, I, I know we have a dedicated uh, playlist with all the times we've collaborated between both shows. So you'll see his episodes with us and stuff, and that'll be a good gateway. And um, in the description. Yeah, and in the description, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've got a, I've got a, pl- a whole playlist of um, you know collaborations where we all the shows we've ever done together, which is probably like a dozen at this point. Mm-hmm. Maybe even more than that uh, is over there at my channel too. So you know, well, and I'll tell you what though. So and Zach and I didn't really do the the guest host things for a little while. Like we had a big period we weren't doing it anymore because I don't, I don't know why it just it felt fresh again to just kind of strip it down. But it really does help to 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 mingle because I notice you know when we had goat on for a few different episodes we started pulling in some of the movie graveyard people and vice versa. So it does work. Mm-hmm. And so sure. the, 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 that's why talking about cyborg exploitation, I think it is really cool to really mix it up. And I don't know if, you know what I mean? Like it gets stagnant when you have the exact same fucking people every single week. So it's really fun to really mix it up. And, and it's really cool to have Josh on too. So it does work though. It's cool. Well, what's, I think what's interesting dude, is like, you know, We've been at this for, you know, quite a while now. So I think certain shows are starting to magnetize towards each other, you know, so like our rated show is, you know, we've been together for a little while and then now we got Will and Matt's thing, you know, Will um, Lowry is coming in there and then you get this other guy and his show. And so, you know, we're starting to like, we have a sort of similar vibe and we're kind of gravitating towards each other. And that's a good thing, you know? Well, correct me if I'm wrong, Zach, but uh, Goat, he was dormant for a while, right? He's one of the OGs like mm-hmm. us, you know, like, like 10 years ago, you had exploited, you had us, we were, you know, this basement dwelling, fucking low grade, low fi podcast before it became commercialized. You know, mm-hmm. we were doing it back when radio was still terrestrial and viable and it, before every comedian had a podcast of their own. But, uh, and I think, you know, all those guys ended up going by the wayside, you know, they lasted a year or two and they faded away. We kept this one going, but Goat ended up coming back and uh, his is very much in that style of like the old shit, which is cool. And so it's, it's, it's neat to still, it was cool to have him on because we were talking about this when we had him on, I think with the extra commentary, but with Goat back and even, uh, you know, you guys even doing a little bit of exploited cinema from time to time, it feels like the community's here again, right? Because I mean, Joe Rogan, Jim Brewer, fucking Chris Jericho pro every pro that's not a community, right? Though that's a, that's a professional wrestler that also does a podcast. That's a stand up comedian or actor that also does a podcast. But when it was like you, you're exploited cinemas, you're R rated and you know, that's a community. So it's really, really cool. I mean, it dude, I fucking had a blast from the past last month when goat had Corey G on. It's like, what fucking year is this? Because I think we had a new we had a new exploited cinema that came out of nowhere. Zach did with Bat Thirty Two, and then fucking Goats was really active again, and he had fucking Corey G. At a, Corey G showed up at, at first time in fucking what ten years, uh, fucking forever, and it felt so nostalgic, and and it was pretty cool. And then we got like the Karate Mart videos and stuff. Everybody had a lot of fun making fun of for a while. Amazing. But uh, so anyway, it's really cool. I'm enjoying it. 
anyway, so uh, as far as us, I Mac and Zach, I guess Zach just said he had a few shows coming down the pipe. Um, we're obviously doing Cyborg Month, Cyborg Exploitation. We've already told you Robocop 1, 2, T1, T2. I guess we're not oh, set on the order. What? Check out uh, – I did an episode with Movie Graveyard. We did Idle Hands, baby. Oh, you did that again. Okay. Came out today. Fucking dank shit. So Good one. I, I think the order in which we're going to do this shit is – fuck it. Is it – oh, gosh. Is – is it fall after this, Zach? Is that how July lines up? I think so. I think so. That uh, might be coming up next. I think so. I'm a little backwards, but I think we're going to go Robocop 1, 2, and then T1, T2. I think that's the way it's going to go. And like we said before, it, we seem to have a, a mixed bag of guests, which is going to keep it exciting. Uh, and also, we haven't done themed months in a while. We took a break ever since the Rona shit happened, and we we did it hardcore for the holidays. We just went back to doing requests and random stuff without a theme. So this is our first exploitation in a while. Anyway, that's all we got. Uh, if you guys haven't already, if you're new to the channel, make sure you guys are liking, subscribing on YouTube and all that fun shit. Share with your family and your friends, anybody you think might like us as well. Uh, make sure you guys are getting us over on free feeds, podcast networks. We're basically everywhere that matters. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, which by the way, the Joe Rogan deal he signed with Spotify is going to be big, I think, for podcasting in general, right? And I've mentioned this, Josh, on the last few weeks, but him signing that $100 million deal to go exclusive to Spotify, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a good thing because Spotify has been trying to get into the podcast game the last couple of years. Like People are on Spotify, but nobody listens to podcasts on Spotify. They've got Google and they've got Apple for that, right? And they really don't- And YouTube. And yeah. YouTube. But so they really so they laid down the money to bring Joe Rogan over there, the biggest podcast in the world. So it's going to be huge because it's not going to split the audience because- Anybody that was listening to like our show or your show on iTunes or Apple podcast, they're still going to listen to that. Like just because Joe Rogan's going over there doesn't mean every other podcast under the sun isn't still on Apple. Um, So all it's going to do is mean hopefully we'll gain new listeners because now there's going to be more of a spotlight on Spotify for podcasts. So because Joe Rogan's over there. So maybe we'll get new listeners that are Spotify people. So I think it's a good thing for everybody. Hopefully high tide raises all ships type of situation. But anyway, we're on all those places. Leave us feedback, five-star ratings, all that good shit. Help elevate us. Same thing for R-rated. Same thing for everybody we've we've name-dropped on this episode. If you guys want to support us, we have Patreon linked below. We're always open to feedback on that. Uh, Zach and I are having discussions right now about things that we can do. Now that Rona shit's starting to kind of fucking subside, not here in Arizona. Fucking our numbers are going through the roof. We have a mandate today. Now we have to go back to wearing masks, so we're going to get fined. But we're, we want to come up with new ways to, um, you know, adjust and amend the way we want to do Patreon because we launched it at a shitty time. As soon as the pandemic hit, it couldn't have been worse. But uh, if you guys also want to support us, uh, we have Teespring T-shirts. Buy something from there. They always kick us back a nice percentage, and that, that helps out a lot. Other than that, that's all we got. We'll catch you guys next time. Bye, bye, folks. Later. End of the week at the Revival House. Next month's theme, you got to figure it out. Italian zombies are polished short. I slash her with the knife and the girl next door. And one second in, get it all queued up and ready to hit play in three, two, one. Bye bye, puppet. Zach Pete in a solo cup band. Couldn't miss Cameron's love and Josh and Scott failed and Riverman's bail. Bye bye, puppets. Sounds good.
like this country used to. Solid.